Louise, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome and glad you're along for the ride on a very special, very special Friday edition of our program. Live from Mandarin. I say Mandarin. I keep going because Mandarin's going to yes, be playing a football game. Yeah, because you're cheering for Mandarin to win this season. From the Ale House, and I've been to that Mandarin Ale House a bunch. <laughs> this is from the Ale House at Beach and Hodges, and we're glad you are with us on this edition of the program. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carlyon, Lauren Brooks on location, R.J. Saunders uh, back at World Headquarters. Uh, what a special day this is. We're very excited about this day, very excited about what this day means. Um, your opportunity to help children in our in our area and that excites me. And I, 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 my friend Brett Hastings, who's done this so long uh, from the uh, Hastings Injury Law Firm, our, our friends from the uh, Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Northeast Florida, so many good people, such a good group, such, so many good operations. There's so many people that care about the right things. And I'm just honored, and we're honored to be part of this. I will ask you again, please bring toys, uh, unwrapped toys, uh, that will go to these children Quite frankly, a lot of these children may, may never have toys. Uh, if, the, if you don't, if you don't, this may be the only present they get. So, uh, so please, if you have if you have an opportunity, uh, stop by and say hello. I cannot believe, Frank. We already have multiple bicycles, skateboard, so many different things. We've got surfboards. I mean, it's really unbelievable. We've just have really kicked things off, and donations don't even technic- technically Look at that. start Look at that table over there, Carlisle. There's already a full table. Drive summary, one play, 75 <laughs> yards, <laughs> touchdown. Uh, it's a great start. Right, right. And, uh, it's, it's, look at, I mean, look at that. Yeah, it's magnificent. Look at that. And that, that is absolutely magnificent stuff there. So, my goodness, all that. Uh, the uh, So many, so many first. Uh, Chris Culpepper stopped by from Community First, who's an all-time good guy, and uh, we were setting up. Chris didn't get a chance to sp- spend much time with you, but look at that haul he brought in, would you? Look at that haul he brought in here. So, Chris, thank Unbelievable. you for that. I'm sure they've been doing a toy drive in their office, and so people have been so generous every year. And I was saying this in the handoff. Every year I tell myself it can't be as big as last look year. At this. It can't be. And then look this, at this Northeast Florida community steps up, and they literally fill this ill house it's, with toys. It's 3.04. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, technically the toy drive's not supposed to start until 4. Right, but but but, but bring, bring them, them on, now. yeah, bring them bring now. Them now and, it's and it's three oh four, Carlisle. Look at that, would you? Perfect passer rating, one fifty eight. I mean, it really, <laughs> is, this is one fifty eight point three. So we are we are proud of that. But come on by and say hello. We 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 mean that. It's a it's a special day. And look, it's holidays. You're busy. We know that. You're probably trying to get out of work. Uh, we know we know it's a busy time and a busy day, and we we respect that and we understand that. And I mean that very sincerely. But if you get a chance, uh, the, one of the reasons Brett does it here, he's very smart. There's a Target right there. There's a Walmart right, but there's a Target mm-hmm. right in front of us and a Walmart right behind us. I mean, they literally are right here. And I just checked; they're full of toys. Okay, so they're. I was in one of those stores uh, earlier today, and yeah. I can confirm: yes, they're t- full of toys. And Hayes, what's the line? We're going to need a bigger boat. We're, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that is exactly We're right. We need a uh, bigger boat. So, <laughs> so, so we are. All right. So much to talk about today. By the way, we'll talk a little sports. Uh, Sarah will stop by. By the way, from. Um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters at about 3.40. Brett Hastings will be by in the 4 o'clock hour, uh, or perhaps the 5 o'clock hour. Pete Prisco joins us, as he always does. we got all kind of fun stuff to get to today. So we're going to be busy. We're always busy on a Friday around here. Trevor's on the field today. You were out there. Did you? Uh, the word I heard was that Trevor asked what you thought he should do. Is that true? I mean, I know you well, were out Well, he counsels there. me for many things, you know, <laughs> financial advice. You know, I have no um, doubt. Yeah, it, it, whatever it is. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I will say I was encouraged. You know, I I I've gone from 
really don't think he's going to play to, yeah, maybe there's a chance he plays to, I think he's going to play. I mean, I, he's moving around well, and, I, you know, while they are going to list him at questionable and, and nothing is a given, I think if looking at, at how it's trending, I think he's going to be active Sunday. I thought that yesterday just based off of the fact that he said he felt good that he was on the practice field yesterday. This guy has shown in the past that he is one tough cat, and it was going to take a lot for him not to play. And so the fact that he's was out there yet again today, really, really good sign. And you know what? We'll see. We'll see how he feels. We'll see the flight and all that good stuff. But certainly uh, – I think it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, okay. And, uh, by the way, uh, Adam Rittenberg at 340. Let me let me adjust it. Thank you, RJ. Poor RJ sets all this stuff up. <laughs> then the host comes on and goes, we're going to do this. And RJ's thinking, hey, dummy, uh, we've got this. So Adam, Adam Rittenberg, that's our Woolsey Markham National College football report. That will be in the 340 spot. But we will have Sarah stop by, maybe even before that, to talk about big brothers, big sisters of Northeast Florida. So we got a lot of fun stuff going on. And, then, of course, Pete Prisco joins us at 4 o'clock on the uh, program. A lot of things to talk about today on the show. Um, I, I've got advice for the college football fans, specifically the, not just the Florida fans, but Florida. I'm going to give advice. You know, I'm, I kind of look at myself as, I don't know, the Dr. Phil of sports radio. The sage. <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody more annoying than Dr. Phil, like in the world? Dr. Phil's the most annoying you person like of all. Dr. Phil, I can't huh? stand Dr. Yeah. Phil. Do you like Dr. Phil? I haven't watched enough to form an I opinion. can't stand. My wife and my daughter, when she lived at home many years ago, were locked in on Dr. Phil. It was just awful. I honestly I can't don't think I've Dr. ever Phil. seen a full episode. I've, I've probably only seen clips in yeah, my life, yeah. so I don't know how annoying he is. Yeah, uh, he's just a terrible person. So, but the, so, so there is that. But, but anyway, we certainly have a an opportunity today to talk about the, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, I've got uh, advice for for college football fans, for Gator fans, a whole bit. Uh, this is a special day, so we hope you'll come on by and, and say hello and be part of our our get together here at the uh, at the Ale House on Beach and Hodges. Uh, about uh, three miles or so west of the beach, would you say? Yeah, it's about say. three, about three miles. Or Perhaps. Something, something there about, so, sorry. I feel like I run three miles recently. That does feel. I, I don't know that I could run all the way to the beach. Yeah, you ran three straight miles without stopping. On on Thanksgiving, I yeah, did. So I did. About, I ran the that? whole turkey trot. How about that? So uh, the Heisman Trophy tomorrow. Got any got any opinions? Who you think's gonna win? Yeah, it should be Jaden Daniels. You think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked if it's not Jaden Daniels. Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know that I'd be shocked. But my ex- my expectation would be that it's probably going to be Jason J- Jaden Daniels. I don't, I don't I don't know that I'd be shocked if he doesn't win. But my expectations are probably that Jaden Daniels is probably going to win. What do you think? I looked at the odds the other day what and I they? was surprised Bo Nix was leading still I, after the championship weekend. I'm not saying that Bo Nix is the reason that Oregon lost to Washington both times. Right. I'm not saying that, but I'm just surprised that he was the front runner. At least, like I said the other day when I looked, I've all along thought it should be Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I. Uh, and if Jordan Travis hadn't gotten hurt it might should have been jordan travis yeah and we uh, we turned in our votes our votes were due last monday at uh five o'clock i think i voted sunday and uh but maybe it's saturday jack played monday yes mm-hmm. i voted i voted on sunday so uh but yeah but i uh and we can reveal our votes uh, after on monday when the or after tomorrow when it is uh when is that you know you know the thing is we all take the you got to take the picture now mm-hmm. you got to take the picture of the ballot where it says thank you for voting i don't think i tweeted that i think i, I missed my moment yeah, I don't think but you then did. You also, then you, then you take view from the computer? Then <laughs> view from the computer. <laughs> and then you have another picture that is, like, who you voted for, and you, and you tweet that one, like, after sure. it's announced. So, so you're supposed to tweet both of those, I think. Was it That's a hard cool decision do. for you? Uh, this one wasn't. Okay. This wasn't. This one wasn't. I, I voted for, I thought, uh, I, I thought this is the one year, as a voter, mm-hmm. 
I thought there was a clear winner. Okay. You know, so so we'll talk about that. But I'll be interested to see what other people thought. Hayes, I don't know. I don't know that people think. I do think you'll be the only one that voted for Mertz. <laughs> you don't know that. Graham and by, and by the way, and by the way, now that it's revealed, maybe Ron Dane voted okay, for Mertz, right, although right, he left Wisconsin. Right, right, right. Now that it's out there, yeah. I want to make sure I'm not the one who said it. Okay, yeah, you're not allowed right, to say it. Okay, right. Hayes obviously looked. Yeah, you at guys my are a very <laughs> obedient <laughs> voting block. Yeah, yeah. Hayes obviously looked at my ballot. Okay, so you brought him in. I've said this before. In 1987, I voted Kerwin Bell third. I, I, that I was voted, a good vote. I voted Kerwin Bell third. I just want you to know that. Most valuable. Okay, I voted Kerwin Bell third, okay? I also might have voted Rex Grossman to win, and he should have, okay? He should have won. Okay, so but I, but I voted Kerwin Bell third. I just want you to know that. So And uh, and by the way, I never missed a time to tell Kerwin I voted him third, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have told him that. I'm sure he appreciates Shane it. Shane asked me one time, dude, you didn't vote for me? No, Shane, I didn't vote for you. Okay, but I, but I, I didn't vote for Shane. Really? I didn't vote for Shane. Either year? Neither year. Not f- in the top, really? You only get three votes. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm okay. Still yeah, 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 yeah. There's only three spots. Yeah, but he was SEC offensive yeah, yeah, player. He of the was. Year. He was. I didn't vote for him. Wow, how about that? So. He's my boy, and I love him, but I, I didn't vote for him. So, so there's that. Right, a lot of things to talk about today on the uh, program. Will Trevor play? Will he not play? If he doesn't play, I had planned today a lot about how C.J. Beathard would play in his stead and what that would mean. C.J.'s got 12 career starts. Did you know that? You probably did. Yeah, it's two and ten. Two and ten, but but he's played more than that. Um, all those starts were for San Francisco, and they were in struggling seasons for San Francisco, as you might imagine. I thought he played okay last week. And I've got all this stuff that I wanted to talk about with C.J. Beathard. I, I I'm almost feel silly talking about it. I think Kurt, I think I think Trevor's playing. And and there's no inside. I'm like you. I just watching it and watched I wasn't even out there today, but I saw all the video you guys all, all tweeted and I and now and this is and again I can't be clear enough about this. Don't ever want to misrepresent this. There's no inside information. Nobody said, Hey wink wink, Frank, Trevor's playing, don't tell anybody. So I've no idea. I think Trevor's playing. I, I'm almost am I wrong to be almost kind of convinced he's playing now? Convinced might be a little yeah. strong, but I mean yeah. I, I do think it's it's trending that way and he still has yeah. you know, a a full 36 hours before right. you know you get to game day morning. So I mean, I, I yeah, I think uh, I think it's trending in that direction. I but I'm not convinced he's going to play. Yeah, yeah. The and fact that he didn't have a boot on when he met with the media, I thought was the, the that that was the starting point. Sign. That was the starting point, wasn't it? That was the starting point where we all said, huh? Yeah. He's walking pretty normal, and mm-hmm. there's a difference between walking to a podium and playing in a in an NFL football game. I mean, there's no question about that. So um, so so yeah, so we uh. Yeah, so, so 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 we'll talk about that. I want to talk about the significance of the game. Uh, if he doesn't play, I want to talk about the significance of the game if he does. Um, but uh, but all uh, the game matters. By the way, I guess I didn't realize this. Browns have the top-ranked defense in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, they're I, number one on third down. Yeah, I mean, I, I was doing boards last night, and I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, if I'm being completely honest, you try and know the league as well as you can, but you really don't know the real details, for me anyway, until till Thursdays when I when board day board Thursdays board night for me, and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and it was hard to it was hard to work on the boards because it was a scintillating National Football League football game last <laughs> night. Well, how about the Steelers? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was yeah, a lot of layers to last yeah, night's yeah, game. The, I mean, what is going on in Pittsburgh? Well, yeah. well, Have we seen the last of Mac Jones? Have we uh, seen Zappi, the last of who's like a son to me, <laughs> looks yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Uh, and may even get the uh, some take flight love yeah, later today. Yeah, yeah, I heard he's going to. Yeah. I heard there's some truth to that. So, but, uh, but I was astonished when it was twenty-one to three. By the way, yeah, uh, just yeah. astonished. Uh, yeah. You just lost to the Cardinals, yeah. right? But How do you possibly yeah. lose but, but, to New England we after all, a week after you <laughs> lost to the Cardinals? But didn't we all know that the Steelers seven and three or seven and four, whatever they were, was the most 
done it by smoke and mirrors of all time. That might be the most smoke and mirrors seven and four in the history of seven and fours, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, they've just lost to two of the. I mean, yeah. literally, and they two lost of the their three qu- worst uh-huh. teams in the league. And they've lost their quarterback. They lost a quarterback yeah. early in last week's game, and, and in the year of lost quarterbacks, they lost their quarterback. You know, and the Patriots so. didn't lose their quarterback. They just yeah. decided to. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, and by the way, God bless Bailey Zappi, who's like a son to you. <laughs> He's not any good either. No. You know, I mean, he's, I mean, they, they, it, it that's is. That's why a, they were 2-10 and ten before it, it is, I mean, they were, and, and that's kind of the topic I'm going to go to today. That was the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New England Patriots. That's 12 rings. 12. I don't know how many long they, I don't know how many years they've had the Super Bowl. It started in 67, I guess it's, it was. This will be Super Bowl 57. Okay, there's 57 of them. 12 were in that game last night. And how bad were those? It's just like 20%. It was really bad. And, I mean, it was, oh, my God, it was awful. I wonder, are there any players on either of those teams that have, were on any of the Super Bowl the winning Patriots, teams? Patriots, uh, Slater, the governor. Okay, okay. Uh, he's been there a long, long time. Um, but Steelers wouldn't be. No, the Steelers haven't Steelers won one seem pretty in many years. The Steelers yeah. have lost one since they've won one. Right. They lost one to Green Bay since they But, I mean, I'm just watching those two teams. And, again, and by the way, rega- forget the records. The Patriots were the better team. I mean, even, the, even if you didn't have a scoreboard, they were the better team. I, I thought the, the – how bad is Trubisky? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, they so don't know how to use George Pickens at right, all. Right. Like it's, I mean, it, it really is surprising. And, like, knowing the Steelers, like, they'll probably now get hot because they – like, know. that's kind of who they are. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. but as soon as you think that, you know, they're dead, right. you know, right. they're Jason Voorhees and they pop back up. And it's like Alabama. We yeah, wrote Alabama except Alabama off. doesn't have dips like That's it, like true. a dip right. for Alabama is like getting beat by a really good team. And right. then, I mean, like Pittsburgh, literally, like for a team that was in the absolute thick of making the tournament, you can't lose to Arizona and New England in consecutive weeks. I mean, that just can't happen. And now and they're out of the tournament. I mean, again, as of now. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but again, like now everybody's going to tell them how bad they are. And right. Usually right. that's when they. They go on a run. So. I, I, and, again, I know they have seven wins. But I think this year, even when that happens, it's going to be tough sled. I, I really think that it is. All right, we got a lot to do today on the program. we come back, we'll talk some Jaguar football. Uh, bottom of the hour, 340 or so, Adam Rittenberg is our Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report. 4 o'clock, Pete Prisco checks in with some NFL talk. Uh, we're going to hear from Sarah with Big Brothers Big Sisters. We're going to hear from Brett Hastings. Uh, we want you to stop by and bring toys. We certainly hope you'll do it. We're off to a great start already. We got a lot to do. We're glad you're with us. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. All right, bad news out of Tallahassee. Miami Columbus is taking a 7 nothing lead over Mandarin. Mandarin has the ball now, though. And uh, hopefully uh, the Mustangs come back and battle back and win this thing. 7 nothing Miami. Miami Columbus, by the way, that's the, the rich people school. That's where all the Shulas went, right? I, th- I think, is that right? I think it's where all the Shulas. Uh, I mean, I, I think every Shula kid went to Miami Columbus. And then there, there was some I'm, – I'm not remember. Someone, will, someone tweet us or tell us on the text line who some of the other ones are. But there's been, that's the school where all the money people are. And I, and I think that I'm, I'm pretty sure every Shula went there. Okay. Every, every Shula kid went there. I mean, David and Mike and there were, he had like three or four boys that played, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think they all I – think, I think 
and, and some other big name people went to Miami Columbus anyway. So, but let's take them down. Mandarin's playing them right now. Um, Trevor plays. I think Trevor's playing. So, then what? Then, Trevor plays. Then what? Hayes is business as usual. Again, I think the Jags are going to win the game. A Rod. A Rod went there, yeah. yeah. But I, and I think there's others too. But yeah, A Rod, A Rod, and the Shulas, they all went to Miami Columbus. Um, but that probably is what I was thinking of. I, again, I and, and I have a tendency sometimes to pick against the Jags. A, I don't want to jinx them. B, uh, sometimes I think it's hard to win on the road. And the NFL, I think the Jags are going to play really well in this game. So I think that you're going to get their best effort. Even with Trevor, you've got some concerns about how the matchup plays out, right? Yeah, I don't like the matchup. I haven't liked the matchup for a good month now. And, uh, and I still – it's great that Trevor, I think, is, is going to be active for the game. That's fantastic. You still have a lot of issues here. Uh, you, you still, I think, are going to have real issues blocking them. Uh, left tackle, I think, is an incredible concern. Um, you know, the options are a player like Blake Hans. Uh, the option might be Ezra Cleveland. But, you know, I mean, now your, your left tackle is a guy that's been here three weeks, that's played guard throughout his mm-hmm. NFL career. I know he played college and tackle, uh, you know, played tackle in college, but, you know, that's certainly a concern. Not having Christian Kirk, massive concern. Uh, Christian Kirk is so reliable. He's a playmaker. Uh, Cleveland now, obviously, I think is going to be able to spend some extra attention on Ridley, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Um, Etienne is, is going to play, but he's banged up. Deionis Johnson's banged up. They're, they're battling through some things. Uh, I, don't, but I don't know if you're going to have uh, Trey Herndon, uh, who's in concussion protocol. So uh, what does that do with the nickel spot from a communication standpoint? Uh, you know, Tyson Campbell is up in the air. Now, Cleveland has a bunch of attrition right. as well. That's right. So it's a game of attrition. Whoever wins this game is going to feel like they kind of stole one. Uh, considering all the, uh, particularly, I think if it's the Jaguars, you're going on the road. But, um, but it, you know, in, in looking at it, I, yeah, I think it's a tough matchup because Cleveland is first in the league in total yardage. Uh, they get after the quarterback, their third and sack rate. They're first on third down. Opponents only convert 27.6% of their opportunities. So, yeah, I think it, I think it does not set up well. Because the Jaguars, I think, are a finesse offensive line, and they're getting ready to run into a sledgehammer of a defensive front. And, yeah, I, I have questions over how well that's going to go for the Jaguars. And I can understand certainly all of that, especially the offensive line. What do, does Doug decide to do in Phil Rauscher? Are they going to go with Ezra Cleveland, like you said, and then is Tyler Shatley the left guard, I would guess, at that point in time? And Blake Hans is then just on the bench? I would think if, if they do that, and I don't know if they know what they're going to do yet, right. but if Blake Hans plays left tackle, then, then, then Cleveland stays at left guard. If, to your point, because some people have tweeted that he's practiced out there, if, if Cleveland wound up playing left tackle, well, then I would think Shatley would be the left guard. I, I, would, think that, I would think if they do that, then they do that. Yeah, I wouldn't think then it's Blake Hans at left guard. Um, I, yeah. The combinations would be interesting to see, but I think the biggest thing is protect Trevor. I think that's the most obvious thing. Try and run the football. It's nasty weather, you, and your quarterback is certainly not 100% healthy. Yeah, 13-0, uh, by the way, Columbus over Mandarin. They just scored again. So, again, we'll keep an eye on, on that one for St. you. St. Augustine yesterday was up 13 nothing, and unfortunately ended up losing that game. So, so maybe this will be good news. Maybe. That's where I'm going. Yeah, let's. <laughs> well, then, I'll come to, then I'll go there with <laughs> you. Optimistic. The optimistic. Uh, the extra point is good. So it's 14 nothing uh, in Tallahassee. Columbus leads 
commander. I, I, but I will say that something about this Jaguars team, the reason I've had a good feeling about how I think they're going to play this week, and I may be all wet here, but the reason I've had a good feeling about how they're going to play, um, the, the bottom line is, for me, I find myself thinking that's when they're at their best. This team is at its best. Uh, it just is. It seems at its best when people doubt them. We mm-hmm. saw it at the middle of last year. They were three and seven, but they never, they never even, they never even budged. Man, they were three and seven, and the next thing you know, they were they were playing great. And I think the same thing's going to happen this so year. So we can never again say positive things about this yeah, football right. team. <laughs> but but it's, but it's when people doubt them is when they're really good. Uh, when people doubt them is, and and, th- and that has been a very consistent. They've very consistently been very good when people doubt them. That and is and on the road and on and on the road as well. So. Uh, yeah, so I think they're. I think they've got a chance. I really do. I, I want you to hear from uh, Dewan Smoot. Dewan's a good guy, isn't he? And and, and and certainly he has awards to show that, doesn't he? Yeah, to be nominated is the club's representative in in terms of the Walter Payton Award. Uh, it's the uh, one of the biggest humanitarian awards yep. you can win in all of sports. Uh, it's uh, it, you you have to do something pretty incredible uh, to be one of these thirty-two. And uh, Dewan Smoot is uh, is certainly very deserving. And he's the subject of this Hayes Carlion one-on-one. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars defensive end Dewan Smoot here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It's great to see you. How you doing? Good to see you as well. I'm doing, doing well. Congratulations on being the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. What, what did that mean to you, Dewan? Uh, it, means, it means a lot to me. I mean, it means a lot that one of my peers, they recognize what I'm doing out in the community. More than anything, it means like just setting an example for the people in the locker room and everyone else, just you know how to get it done and you know what you should do in the community. Tell us about the work you've done in the community, creating school and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, just recently, me and my wife, we, we created a bilingual school for, you know, for younger kids, all the way up from like infant, infancy all the way up to five years old. So, I mean, we're, we really worked on that project for the last two years. But, uh, you know, throughout the years, I've, I've worked with multiple organizations like Better That Society, devoted a lot of time with them, devote, um, and donated a lot with them as well, too. Also with the um, Big Brothers Big Sisters and just a host of other Jacksonville <laughs> things, you know. So yeah. That's awesome. Do you get the, are you starting to feel that Jacksonville is home for you? Oh, it's already been home for me. I mean, I've, I've been, <laughs> I've been saying that for the last four years. I mean, me and my wife, we, you know, we plan on staying here for forever. So and it's definitely home for sure. That's awesome. Uh, looking at football, short week this week. What's uh, what's the week been like from a preparation standpoint? Um, preparation standpoint hasn't been too bad. I mean, we, we kind of just jump straight into it. Like it's kind of like, kind of like very similar like a Thursday night. We just kind of jump right into it after one day off, and you know you just get back right back into the groove, and right back in it for sure. Cleveland is not announcing their starter, so we don't know if it'll be Flacco or the rookie DTR. How does that change how you approach the game? I mean, at the end of the day, we know what they're trying to do. They're still the Browns. They're only trying to run the ball. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what, what quarterback steps up. I mean, we'll be ready for either one. And, you know, based off if it's a running quarterback or if it's Flacco, we got to prepare for that and just little small tweaks. But more than anything, we just got to focus on stopping the run. That's something that we weren't able to do last week. You know, we're trying to recover from that. You guys obviously may not have some of your key guys uh, Sunday. That communication piece, how important is that for the young guys stepping in into those roles to, to be mindful of what they're supposed to be doing out there? I mean, I, I think that a lot of the young guys, they've been with us for what is it? What, what week are we in now? Like 14, 15? So, I mean, they, they know what they're doing now, you know, um, and the communication has is, is gotten through, you know, first string all the way down to the third string. So I think they're going to be ready for sure. You've been now back for a while. Are you pleased with, with how things are going for you? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm hitting my stride last game. I feel like that was one of my better games. And, you know, my, my Achilles is getting better and better each week. You know, I'm almost there. 
yeah. right there. <laughs> in terms of uh, looking at the the season you guys are having as a team uh, in a very strong position, how exciting is that as you go into this final stretch of four or five games? I mean, it's huge. It's, it's definitely a place that we wanted to be. You know, we first talked about it in the beginning of the season, you know, setting ourselves up for the postseason and being in a really good place to get first place in the AFC. So we just got to focus on one game at a time, making sure that we're winning each, each and every game going forward, you know, so that way it can set us up and wherever the cards fall, that's where they fall. Juan, you guys have been so great on the road. Is there anything you can put your finger on as to why you guys are undefeated away from Jacksonville? It's just a time where we, we really connect. You know, it's, it's just us. You know, and like uh, I feel like back in London, that's where we really cultivated that that culture of just like us just being together, just vibing and stuff like that. You know, that's that's just something that we have to be able to do more, you know, here. Maybe maybe go to a little more dinners, you know, just spend a little more time with our brothers. But we'll see. Sure. You've been teammates with Josh for a while. How cool is it to see him having the season that, that Josh Allen's having? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm just so happy for him. I mean, he's put in the work. He's been he's been working for the last, you know, four or five years just consistently. And, you know, in the offseason, I watch him work as well, too. And I'm, I'm just so happy just seeing, like, the fruits of his labor all coming, you know, coming to fruition. And I'm just so proud of him, for sure. Dewan, thank you so much for your time. Once again, congratulations and best of luck on Sunday. Thank you. It's cool to hear Dewan Smoot talking about how close he really feels like he is uh, to that breakout game. And this could certainly be it. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, the Cleveland coach, does not want to reveal who his starter is going to be. Uh, but if it's Joe Flacco, I mean, a few quarterbacks in this league are more stationary. Uh, yeah. You know exactly where that target is, and that target is not moving. So if it's Joe Flacco, I mean, the Jaguars have to feel like they can go get three or more sacks in this game. And, and, and really, they need to get after him early. Uh, you know, that's to me, set a tone. You're on the road. If they're able to get to Joe Flacco in the first, you know, five, ten snaps of the game, I think they'd, they'd be off to a really great start. No two uh, choices could be any more different than, D- right. than DTR and Flacco. Yes. The, the no two. I, I think the Jags expect DTR to play. I would think that's – That's who I would start if I yeah, was Stefanski based off of the weather. That, yeah, the, well, that – I mean, I, you want your quarterback – to be able to have the mobility, and yeah. I think in that type of yeah, weather. you're right, you're right. But I think either way, I think he was going to be the quarterback. I think he's going to be the quarterback. I, I think I think they're going to wind up playing. Um, my guess is they're going to wind up playing uh, DTR. So we'll see. And that, but that does mean RPO game and nakeds and a guy that's going to run a little bit. And so you're going to have more of that, I think, uh, than you would have. So the guys like to want smooth have to be ready for it. And I know they will. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's get into college football. The uh, Woolsey Markham National College Football Report. Adam Rittenberg, who does such a good job, he joins us after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. It's the National College Football Report, brought to you by the law firm of Woolsey Morecambe on The Frangie Show. And it is time for the National College Football Report. We appreciate our friends from Woolsey Morecambe sponsoring it uh, every week. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN does such a terrific job covering college football. Joins us now on the program. Adam, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We, we are doing great. Uh, there's a federal law this week that you can't have a college football guy on without asking if the committee got it right, Adam. That's like a, <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead here. Um, FSU out, Alabama, Texas in, uh, obviously Michigan, Washington too. In your opinion, did they get it right? Did they not get it right? And why or why not? Well, I, you know, again, they got it right in the sense of, of having a compelling semifinal with Alabama and Michigan. It's going to be a very interesting matchup and, you know, one that we'll talk about all the way leading up to 
the game, but I, I, I just don't agree with keeping a team that won all of its games and, and, and did what you asked it to do, not, not just in the sense of overcoming the injury to Jordan Travis, but you know one thing that I feel very strongly about is scheduling. And Florida State went out there and challenged itself outside of the conference with two SEC teams and beat both of them. Different circumstances, but, but they won their game. And I think it's just a very difficult message uh, to send to a team and to any, any program that, that winning all your games isn't good enough to compete for a national championship. And it just reiterates why this thing needs to be bigger. Because while most years there may only be two or three teams that can win it, you need to have the access point so that everybody that's in this position will have an opportunity to at least try to win a national championship. Yeah, great point, Adam. Uh, it's Hayes Carline. Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, I- I'm curious, do you think this will help FSU's argument in terms of getting out of the ACC's grant of rights if they were able to find a new home in either the SEC or the Big Ten? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not a legal expert. I don't know if necessarily you know missing out on the playoff is, um, is something that would hold up legally, but it, you could also point to the revenue loss and all the things that you, you know, could have had competing for a national championship that are now not um, not possible um, as something that 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 could that could uh, factor into you know why it, it's more necessary than not to exit the ACC so you're clearly Florida State had made its intent known back during the summer and uh, I, I'm sure that that the uh, desire of, of FSU to be somewhere else um, is, is even stronger after what happened um, you know the fact that and again, it's not his fault alone, but the ACC had a, uh, a, a athletic director in Boo Corrigan who was the chair of the playoff selection committee and had to justify why an ACC champion undefeated uh, didn't end up making the top four. That's a, that's, a, that's a difficult look for that league, given how tenuous it is right now. Not that it matters, and it probably doesn't, but we cover them around here pretty closely. I still think Georgia's the best team. And I, and I think not just the Florida State example you gave, Adam, but I think the fact that Georgia's season is over after one three-point loss to a really good traditional juggernaut, the fact that their season's over, doesn't that underscore more than anything why we have to get to, I guess now it's 12? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, Georgia's the best team, and they're done. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if the Georgia that we saw in the SEC championship game, which is very banged up and limited, yeah. is really the best team anymore. But I, th- I hear your point. And they obviously had won all their games up until that point and hadn't lost a game in a really long time. And they've set records for, for win streak. And, you know, I mean, you would give us the problem is we'll never know, right? I, I think it does right. underscore why we need a bigger playoff. But if the playoff were to start this week, I don't know if Georgia's injuries are just going to go away. and I, I just feel like they were a better version midseason than they are right now. And Alabama was able to expose that a little bit in the SEC title game. But is Georgia a team that's capable of winning a championship? Absolutely. And they won't get a chance to because this format is so exclusive. Adam, how do you see the playoff shaping up? Well, you know, I, I do my I, – I actually make picks on every single bowl matchup the, the night that they're announced, which is kind of silly because, you know, <laughs> things change literally hours later. But that's what we do. We have some fun with it. A ton of people read it, and that's why we'll keep doing it. But I, I picked uh, um, Washington and Alabama to win the semifinals and for Alabama to win the national title game. And I, I just like this matchup for Washington, the way they throw the ball against the Texas defense that's very formidable up front. 
but a little bit leaky in the back end. And I think Washington is going to be healthier. Uh, even you know they'll, they'll really benefit from the, the gap between the championship game and the semifinal. You know Michael Penix Jr. and others. I think will be closer to full strength um, going into that matchup. And then with Alabama and Michigan, uh, you know again Michigan is a program that has absolutely turned the corner under Jim Harbaugh, but has not translated that success outside the Big Ten. They haven't won big games outside the Big Ten, and you're going against an Alabama team that's very comfortable uh, on the stage uh, with Nick Saban as their head coach. So I think it'll be Bama and, uh, and Washington, and then, and then Bama winning a, a close game. Although I, I would say this, that Kalen DeBoer at Washington is already establishing himself as the next truly great big game coach in the sport. The guy's 9-0 and against ranked opponents in two years at Washington. It's just a staggering statistic. So he's not a guy you want to bet against ever, but uh, I just think it'll be hard for them to, you know, get over, you know, two of these types of games here at the end of the season. Yeah, and those wins include uh, this most recent one against Oregon, Adam, that nobody thought they were going to win that game. I mean, that's so for whatever reason, nobody had them winning that, and they did. You're exactly right about that. Um, and, and you're right, it's not hard to picture Alabama hoisting that trophy. They've hoisted it a time or two. Uh, no question about that. Hey, uh, big picture for the, the for college football now. Charlie Baker turned in a recommendation that I think shocked the commissioners about uh, about almost dividing up what, what college football is. We've talked about that forever. I think the portal is going to be crazier this year than it's ever been. Where are we, Adam? Do you like where we are? What, what, what changes have to be made big picture in college football to get this thing better? Well, I like that this. I like the spirit of the proposal. I, I don't know if it's going to be exactly how it was outlined. It rarely is. You know how long the NCA process takes from a proposal to you know tweaking it to a talking about it to going back. You know, but I, I think the idea that what Charlie Baker is saying is let's acknowledge that some of these schools are different from the others and can operate differently and can compensate differently, and let's not just pretend that everyone is the same. I think that's really smart and and, and needed. Uh, to to make that message clear to the membership. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes from here. I'm curious to see if that $30,000 per athlete uh, figure, you know, remains or changes or lessens. Uh, but it, it, it's, uh, it's at least the way to get the, the discussion going. And, you know, the NCAA, rightfully so, had been uh, criticized for, for not being proactive. Part of the reason why we're, we're here right now with the portal and the and the and NIL, you know, be, being as, as, as kind of uh, uh, wild as it is, which some would say unregulated as it is, is because the NCA didn't have enough foresight. So at least in this instance, it seems like the Charlie Baker and his team are trying to get ahead of things. Adam, who's going to win the Heisman? I think it'll be Jaden Daniels. I don't feel particularly great about it. Uh, nothing against Jaden. I thought he had a great year. But he's, you know, they're, they're a three-loss team. Um, and I, I, you know, the more I look at Michael Penix, I, I know he had some struggles down the stretch. I, I do wonder if Michael Penix were an SEC quarterback instead of a Pac-12 quarterback, if he, he would be a shoo-in for the Heisman because he would be the uh, national passing leader of a 13-0 team, the first team to ever go 9-0 in the Pac-12, and yet uh, because you know maybe the stats weren't uh, as exciting as Jaden Daniels or even Bo Nix, um, he, he may not win this award. So. Um, I, I, you know, again, not, nothing against Jaden, but I think he, you know, he, he had some, some big games against some bad teams, including the University of Florida. Sorry to say that on your air, but it's true. Um, and Michael Penix was able to win the biggest games uh, against the best teams and, uh, and will probably fall a little bit short on, on Saturday night.
Adam Rittenberg checking in from ESPN. Perfect segue, by the way. Um, let me ask you. I'm going to ask you about the Knowles, too, but let's start with the Gators. Uh, boy, in the court of public opinion, they're not very good. The, uh, the, the football team wasn't great this year. They missed a bowl. The fans are kind of jumping off the ship, it would appear. Good players, Trevor Etienne most recently, have left. What do you think? Is Billy Napier right? Can he get this thing fixed? I mean, it, it feels odd for us around here for Florida to feel so ordinary, but they're at best ordinary right now, Adam. What do you think of the program in Napier, and is he the right guy to lead it back? Well, I think he'll have one more year um, to, to get it right, and then there's going to be a lot of changes in Gainesville if, if that doesn't happen. I mean, he'll, he'll go into the season very much on the hot seat, and that's the deal, right? When you go 5-7 and seven after a, a pretty underwhelming first year. The crazy thing about it, guys, you know, I saw Graham Mertz a lot here in Big Ten country, and if you told me before the year that Graham Mertz would have 20, 2,900 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions, be one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country – I would tell you, man, Florida went nine and three, ten and two. They were in the mix right. in the SEC, and instead they finished at five and seven. And you know, you, you mentioned uh, Trevor Etienne going in the portal, and they've lost other players to, to, to the draft and to the portal. They've had all sorts of problems with their defense. You know, ending the season with five straight losses. So it's um, you know, it's certainly a, a very uh, delicate and urgent situation for Billy Napier. I think he's a good coach, and I think you saw that with what he did with uh, with Mertz, but. You got to translate that um, throughout the program and, and get it in a much better place next season. Adam, is it your sense that most of the players that will enter the portal have already done so, even though they have, I, I guess, another three weeks to to make up their decision? And and also, when do you think we'll start seeing the announcements and bulk of where these top players in the portal are going for their next collegiate destination? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, not everyone's going to find a home. Um, that's just the, the nature of it. But I think most of the players that are going in have, have had some contact and, and have, have a sense of, of places that would want them and, 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 and likely will, you know, will find, will find a different place. And in some cases, it's a walk-on that isn't going to play at, at, his, at his school, you know, moving down to a level. Or, um, or in some cases, it's a you know, player like Trey Moore from UTSA, who is a uh, AAC def- uh, Office Defensive Player of the Year, you know, he he can he can he can pick which which uh, power five school he wants to join, whether it's Texas or, or somewhere else. So I, as far as the announcements, I, I would imagine we'll hear uh, quite a lot on that front between now and, and maybe in the next uh, 10, 10 to fourteen days. Um, but, you know, as we'll get the early signing period in recruiting, and you know, coaches are going to want to have some decisions made, especially with quarterback position. But a lot, uh, you know, really a lot of the high profile guys probably announcing here relatively soon. Adam, final question for you. Same thing uh, about Florida State. I asked you about Florida a moment ago. Florida State is certainly uh, uh, a new blue blood. There's no debating that the last 30, 40 years they've been as, as good a program as anybody's. Yet they were way off. They fell off under Willie Taggart. It was awful. It took Mike Norvell a while to bring them back. Well, he brought them back. They have a really good team. They didn't make the playoff because of the Jordan Travis thing. and didn't, we've had, We had that talk. But they have a really good team. Yet it's a lot of old guys. It's a lot of seniors, a lot of fifth-year seniors, uh, like, almost like an old Wake Forest team back in the day, uh, and, and a lot of portal guys. What's your expectation for FSU as we move forward? I know Hayes asked you about the grant of rights again to get out of the league, but beyond that, Adam, what are your expectations? Can Mike Norvell keep this going? Are they 11 and 12 wins every year uh, like they were once upon a time? What do you expect from the Seminoles? Yeah, I, I think it's really exciting to be a Seminoles fan if you are, you know, because they've worked the portal so well, and I think they are in position to continue to do that. 
Um, I think now you look at the recruiting and, and being able to improve there. Uh, you know, Mike has, has shown that he's one of the, the, the best younger coaches in the country, um, not just as a play caller, which he's, uh, he's been regarded as one of the top guys for almost a decade now, but really um, as far as program management and, and being a CEO for the entire program there, I, I think he's shown you know, tremendous growth. And they, they've obviously increased their financial investments, which were lacking at the end of Jimbo Fisher's tenure. It's why he left for Texas A&M. I think Michael Alford has been a, a very good addition to that to that athletic department in terms of uh, creating more more revenue and capital to, to to keep coaches and to go with NIL and so I think they're in a pretty good spot um, to continue to compete nationally but the big question is do they do it as a member of the ACC do they do it as an independent do they go to the Big Ten I mean that, like, that's the big uh, the big question swirling around the program here in the next few years but the foundation on the football side with Mike Norvell is very strong. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN. Boy, he knows college football. Great work as always, Adam. We appreciate it, man. Hey, enjoy this postseason. It's going to be kind of crazy. Take care, buddy. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Okay, Adam Rittenberg uh, does a great job talking college football with us, part of the Woolsey Morcom National College Football Report. We sure appreciate our friends from Woolsey Morcom. They love football over there. I can oh, promise yeah. you that. Absolutely. And we appreciate them sponsoring that thing all year long. When we come back, we'll get it to the NFL. Pete Prisco joins us from CBS Sports. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On The Frangie Show. Let's talk a little NFL. My buddy Pete Prisco is from CBS Sports, uh, brought to you by Showtime. And now the holidays are here. Showtime Sports Cards and Collectible now offers gift cards for the holiday season. The perfect gift uh, since you let the collector in your life pick out exactly what they want. Head to Showtime. They do a great job. The corner of Phillips and Chad, where you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pete, how you doing, buddy? Good. What's up, guys? How are you? We are doing well. What's your guess on Trevor? I, I would have guessed when I saw the injury he wasn't playing. My gut now is he's going to give it a go. He's practiced the last two days. They're probably going to list him as questionable. What's your guess on Trevor, Pete? I think he's going to go. I, I think he's he's a tough guy, and uh, I, you know, look, he's walking without a, a limp. He's practicing. He's, he, I think he's going to go. And, and you know, question becomes: Should he go? Um, I mean, that that's the issue. But if you're cleared and healthy enough, and you feel like you can, you know, work through the pain, then play. And so, yeah, I, I think he's going to play. What kind of game do you think it'll be? Ugly. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think that's a really good defense over there on the other side of the ball. I mean, they can get after it. They're aggressive. They will They will come after him. Uh, knowing that he can't move the way he normally moves, they'll really come after him, and that's the Jim Schwartz way. So I think it's going to be ugly on both sides of the ball. I don't think their offense is great either. So uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. The weather's supposed to be crappy, right, isn't it? Isn't it supposed right, to be pretty right. bad up there? Yeah, so I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, and uh, you know, I, this is a tough one for me because I think when you have a quarterback who can't move and it's such a big part of what he does, it, it really limits what you can do offensively. Pete, speaking of the offense, how did you think the offensive, play, offensive line played against the Bengals Monday night, and how do you think they'll play against this tough Browns defensive front? Well, I'll start with they have a center problem. Uh, he can't get any push in the middle. He's okay in pass protection. Uh, he, he can't get push in the run game, and that's why they can't run the football. The right guard was dreadful. Sheriff was awful on uh, uh, against the Bengals. He just got abused. Uh, there was one play where he got 
hit in the mouth, and then you kind of just stood there. I don't know what he was doing. So I thought they were bad. Um, they might even have to consider a change at center. I know they keep saying they won't, but if you're going to want to run the ball in the postseason, if you do indeed get there, then I think they might need to make a change. So they had issues. I thought Harrison was solid. I thought Little was solid. Both of them the pass protection. And Cleveland was solid as well. But the two guys, the, the center can't run block, and, and the right guard was just dreadful. Now that and those are those are the two problem areas. I think they've been identified. But, so I was watching this too, thinking about this. Jim Swartz, as you know, has typically been like a wide nine zone guy, but they play a lot of man this year because he likes Denzel Ward and he feels like he's got. I mean, they're they're they they Pete. They're number one in the league in defense. I mean, they're like really good. And now the Jags are beat up on the offensive front, and Trevor at best is probably not going to be as mobile, and Christian Kirk's not there. Boy, Peter, this one could be 10-7. to 7. I mean, is that the kind of game? I mean, I know he's just asking yeah. that, but it really could be that, right? Yeah, or, you know, like 16-13, something like that. I, I do think it's going to be lower scoring. And, and, you know, Frank, you mentioned Christian Kirk, and, and I go back to the other night. When you go back and watch the play where Trevor Lawrence got injured, he went to throw it, and Parker Washington wasn't looking. Yeah. He was not looking. And so right. when he's not looking, he's got to pull it down. And once he pulled it down, he gets hit. And that, that's how he got hurt. In, in a normal situation, he throws that to Kirk, doesn't get the shot, probably catches the ball, and they move, to, move the change. It just didn't happen that way because, look, he hasn't played a lot of football. And he did some good things the other day. But in that situation, he was ready to throw, and he was not ready to catch the football. And that's when he got hurt. Why do you think the Jaguar defense struggled so much against Cincinnati? You know, I can't figure that one out, but going back and watching it, uh, you know, the, the guys that they drafted high, uh, you know, we'll start with Walker, good football player, doesn't do a lot. Um, you know, plays hard, plays the run hard, doesn't impact the quarterback. Devin Lloyd was had had a good season up until the other night. The other night he was bad. And Tyson Campbell's a relatively high pick at the corner position, and he was awful. And so I think you added all that up. The safeties didn't have good days. Jenkins had a rough go, but it just was not a good performance. And Devon Hamilton's a shell of himself. I mean, that guy, is it close to being what he used to be, used to be as a player? So I think combine all that together, and it was a rough go of it for him. Pete, if you were Doug Peterson, would you play Trevor Lawrence on Sunday, knowing it is going to be rainy conditions and you've got the Ravens on Sunday Night Football in a week? If he's cleared to play and he wants to play, I'm playing. Uh, I'm, you know, look, if he can move around, and clearly he's been on the practice field the last couple of days, you don't know how much he's moving around, but if he can move around and there's no problems and he's practiced and there's no swelling after the fact, I'm playing him. Um, because that's just who he is. I, I, know he, I know he wants to keep that streak going of not missing games. Uh, but, again, I don't think he put the team in harm's way. He's smarter than that. If he can play, he's capable of playing, I'd play. Pete, let's go around the league a little with the 49ers. My goodness. I mean, my – I mean – I mean, they 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 put forty two nineteen on the Eagles, who were ten and one. Uh, they're almost unbeatable. It looks like, right? They're the best team. I mean, you you saw when they came into Jacksonville what they did to them, and then they did the same thing to the Eagles. I mean, that that's the best team in the NFL. Uh, they got so many weapons, and and the quarterback makes it easy. He gets the ball out. He, he finds the right guy. You know, they do have some. You know, flaws. I'm a big believer if you block them, you can beat them down the field. And there were guys open last week, and Hurts didn't play very well. And then the other side of that is the right side of the offensive line is an issue, but they scheme it up and scheme around it so well that they kind of overcome it. But right now, they're the, clearly the best team in the NFL. Do the Eagles bounce back and beat the Cowboys? 
I don't think they do. I think the Cowboys should have beat them the first time. I, this, there's a lot wrong with this Eagles team. Hurts isn't playing like he did a year ago. That's always a big concern. Uh, they're not running the ball suddenly, which is another major concern. And then you go to the defensive side. The secondary's had all kinds of problems. You know, the corners haven't played very well. Slay's a shell of himself. And, and the nickel corner not being there, Avante Maddox is big. And they give up more catches to tight ends than anybody since I think the Browns of about, you know, five, eight years ago when they were terrible. So uh, they don't cover anybody in the middle of the field. I, I think Dak Prescott's going to pick them apart on something. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Pete. As far as the Bills at the Chiefs, who wins that one? You know, that's, I'm going there. I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I think the the weather's supposed to be good, which is first and foremost my number one priority. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and they're going to throw it around. It's not going. You know, the wind's not going to impact the, the two guys throwing the football, which is what I want to see. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Wouldn't shock me to see Buffalo win the game, um, but I do think it's going to be a high scoring game. Lots of points and. If Buffalo wins that game, Buffalo has two games the next two weeks that will decide their season. They have the Chiefs this week. They have Dallas at home next week. They have to win one of those two. Schedule gets soft the next two weeks, and then they have Miami at the end of the year, and who knows what Miami's going to need the game or not. So I think the schedule favors Buffalo. they got to win one of the next two starting on Sunday. Uh, you segue to it. I was going to ask you, if they don't get in, is McDermott in trouble? Brandon Staley, we know, is fired. Who's on the hot seat this year at this point, Pete? I think you're going to see a lot of changes, Frank. I, I mean, you know, you, you look around this league, th- those, those are two for sure um, that are, you know, I, I think I'm not sure McDermott's going to get it. Ron Rivera's definitely getting it. You know that. He's getting yeah, it after the yeah, season yeah. as well. Um, you know, Staley's definitely going to get it. Um, but you can see more, you know, what do you do with the teams in the NFC South? Does Dennis Allen go if they don't make it? What about if the, if the Falcons collapse and they don't make it? Does Arthur, Arthur Smith get it? What about Todd Bowles? I mean, in the, in the NFC South, I think you're going to see the possibility of guys getting fired in that division across the board. Mike Tomlin's not going to get fired, but what do you make of Pittsburgh losing to the Cardinals and the Patriots in consecutive games? It should never happen, but it also shows that what they did early in the season was kind of a mirage and probably a tribute to Mike Tomlin's coaching, yeah, because that should never have happened last week. The last week was even worse. This week was terrible, too, because New England hadn't scored. And scored in, in, in four weeks, and all of a sudden they're throwing the football over the top of them. They look like they didn't know what they were doing on defense. Their linebackers are terrible. It just was not a good look for, for Pittsburgh at all. No, it certainly was not. Pete, we have a lot of time to get into this, but are the Bears going to take a quarterback since they have the number one pick? I think they have to let it play out the next you know five weeks and see what Fields does. Uh, I think they might be making a mistake if they let Fields go. Uh, I think he, there's so much progress, and you know he had, he's been hurt, but he's got so much natural ability and the ability to throw the football, and and, and I think he's getting better doing that. We know he can run, so I, I do think that they have to decide that over the next five weeks, and you have to be careful what you wish for. By the way, uh, you know Caleb Williams hasn't exactly looked like the greatest thing in the world this year. And Drake Mays kind of, you know, tailed off a little bit as well. So I, I do think you have to be careful what you wish for. So if they stick with Justin Fields, are they taking Marvin Harrison? I think you give strong consideration or, or you take big people. I mean, if, if there's one thing that football always comes back to is if your lines aren't any good, you got big problems. And I, and I think that's, that's, you know, you look at their offensive line, they've done a nice job. But defensively, they could use some help up there as well. Uh, but Harrison would be in play for them. You, you know, you put pair Harrison with 
you know, Mooney and, and, and uh, Moore, and all of a sudden you have a, a pretty good threesome of wide receivers. Pete, Browns, uh, Jaguars, who wins the game? I think the Browns win it. Uh, you know, I, I just I have a feeling that it's going to be an ugly, ugly game, and I'm not sure that defense is up to that uh, like the Browns' defense is. So I, I probably lean to the Browns to win that game. And, look, and then you get back to the Ravens, and you've got to win that game at home the following week. Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com. Pete, thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the game, man. All right, guys. All right, guys. Take care. Pete Prisco checking in. Always brought to you by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Again, gift cards are available now for the holiday season. The perfect gift for the collector in your life because they can pick out their own gift with that gift card. Head to Showtime. It's the corner of Phillips and Chad. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When we come back. Sarah Alfred is going to join us from Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Northeast Florida, uh, the recipients of this fantastic day of toys. We'll talk more about it right after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961. It's Big Chief Tire. We do welcome you back. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders, and what a pleasure to welcome in Sarah Alford from Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Northeast Florida. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here with you guys again this year. It is great to see you. It's always great to see you. What a special day this is. For people that don't know, and I think most of you do by now, it is our toy drive that we do with the Hastings Injury Law Firm. Uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, always the recipient, and we're excited about that. And we've got a stack of toys over there already, Sarah. We've just started. We just started. We have more bicycles. We have big stuff over there, too. Did you know? Did you look over there? You I saw did. It. The surfboards, yes. the bikes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so. amazing. Hey, um, thank you for what you do. And I mean that very sincerely because I know how important uh, your initiative is. For people that don't know, explain what Big Brothers and Big Sisters uh, are because I thought about this coming in. We sometimes take for granted or ex- expect people to know that they don't. Give us an overview. Yeah, Big Brothers, Big Sisters is the nation's oldest, largest youth mentoring program. We've actually been serving Northeast Florida. This coming year will be 110 years right here in Jacksonville. Wow. And really what we're about is just creating these one-to-one friendships so that every young person has an extra champion to help them thrive, ignite that potential, and reach their true um, and highest potential that they have within them. So, How can people get involved? Yeah. So... Uh, you could go to our website. is always a great way. Follow us on social media. Um, it really is a quick and easy thing. We bring you in, give you a little bit of an overview about who we are, how we're going to support you, the types of young people we work with, the types of programs. And if you think it's a great fit, then we send you through an interview, um, and we find a young person that is tailor-fit for you. So that is one thing a lot of people just assume. You know, if you're the first guy in, you get the kiddo that's been waiting the longest. But it's really about all these layers of compatibility and how can we make sure that we're setting you guys up to be a lifelong family, really, is what we're creating more family here in the community of Northeast Florida. And how do the kids, the littles, how do they get involved with Big Brothers? Yeah, Big so very similar thing. A lot of our littles are here by word of mouth. So families um, come and ask us to be partners with them for their young person's success. And they come in and they do the same things. They sit down, they go through an interview, they tell us their hopes and dreams for their young person, maybe some of the challenges they've gone through. And then we use all of that information to find them the right big. So if they're uh, looking for someone who just wants to get together once a month, we find that big. If there's somebody who wants somebody to come and every Monday night see each other, we find them that big. So it's, it's really amazing how individualized the whole experience is for all the bigs and all the littles. Yeah, and take us through, uh, I, there's not a, there's not a, a normal average case because they're all different. I get that. Yeah. But give us an idea of, of if you, are, you, you sign up to be a big and you want to be involved some, you're not sure how much. 
give us an idea of what that means. I mean, I think, I think people hearing this do they do do they call you? Do they go to someone's house? Do they do they go to do they take someone to a ball game? You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it really takes so little to be a big. Yeah. To be honest, we're just asking you to be a friend and and really to do life with a young person. So um, my husband's a great example. He sees his little brother Zayden. Hey Zayden, if you're listening, um, he sees him about once a month, maybe twice, and it's sometimes it's a jaguar game. Sometimes tomorrow we're going to go see the King Tut. Uh, exhibit, you know, little things like that. Um, I see my little sister actually at the Boys and Girls Club every Tuesday afternoon. I just roll in for about 45 minutes, spend time with her in a club. So we really have a model that fits everyone's availability. We even have workplace mentoring where we will hand deliver young young person to your desk once a month um, at your work site for about a couple hours. So just really all about how do we create these opportunities through exposure? How do we get young people ignited and just turn them on fire for all of the opportunity that they could have right here in Jacksonville and beyond. I love when you tell the story of what this is going to ultimately be when the children are able to come and get their toys. So can you kind of share with us when that day will be and how it goes? Yeah, so I think what's important to know about Big Brothers is we serve any young person, right, who needs or wants a mentor. The vast majority of young people we're serving are seeing some sort of disadvantage, right? And a lot of times it's economic. Um, And so this is an incredible experience because for some of our young people, this will be their Christmas experience. So what you guys are bringing in here, the big, the small, the in-between, we set up what we call like a little holiday shop at our agency. Um, It'll be next Saturday the 16th. Um, And we set it up and families come through and they have the opportunity to pick not only for the littles, um, the young people engaged in our program, but maybe siblings in the household, cousins, things of that nature. And oftentimes bigs will bring their littles by and they get to go shopping for their siblings. And it's just the joy of giving a gift to somebody. Everybody should have that experience. And sometimes when you don't have those means, especially in a year like this, everything's a little tighter, a little harder. Um, I think this will be even more meaningful to many of the families that are going to benefit from this experience. How many children have you served this year, Sarah? We're over 650 young people that we've served in a one-to-one relationship with a champion. So um, all of those kids have an individual mentor. So when you think about that and double that number, it's those, that's the number of people. Plus we have some kids that have a big couple that are are, um, a husband and wife or two friends that are working with the same young person. So um, this was actually a record year for us. We've served the most kids um, we have in the last 10 years this past year. And really, I think it's just opportunities like this to tell the story, inspire more people to think about, you know, what are the little things that you can do to give back to your community? And it's really, it's it's not big and it's fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> Come have you, fun. You said something that really resonated that I never thought about. You just said it. All the times we've done this. Maybe you said it and I wasn't listening. <laughs> but, but you said something. Not only can someone in an, in an underserved area and in, in a family with economic issues who ordinarily wouldn't have a Christmas experience, but they also can maybe get something for their little brother or little sister. I never thought about that, but the the opportunity to give, that's awesome, and and this provides that too, doesn't it? It absolutely does. So if you look over there, we have like the little Fisher Price type toys and all that. We serve youth uh, 5 to 18, Um, and so we we find every year those toys go, and it's because our littles are coming in and they're shopping for their younger siblings that they might have in the house or other little Mm. people around and in their life. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Not only do they get a toy, but they get to give a toy. They get to give a toy, yes. 
if they can't make it today, hopefully people can can join us here and, and, and bring it. But if they can't bring their toy today, for whatever reason, can they still bring it? And where would they take Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So we will have staff at our office all next week. But next Friday, the 15th in particular, in the afternoon, okay. people can drop through. We're fully staffed. We have others. Florida Blue is bringing some toys over, different things like that. Um, we also have families that we know have extra challenge. And so we have almost like an angel tree. But you can sponsor a family directly if that's something that's in your heart um, to do. And that, that happens all year long. We'll find families that I think we have 120 families this year alone that we've sponsored in some sort of very specific, in-depth way. I've never asked this before, Sarah. So tell me about the belly flop. <laughs> How did the belly flop go? I don't think I've ever been in a situation somebody had to ask me that. Um, never been asked about a belly yeah, flop. First yeah. but you know, the Jaguars are just such an incredible partner in the community. And this year, uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe decided to do this really fun inaugural uh, belly flop. You know, I thought they were asking me to do the belly flop. And I thought, what costume can I put on so nobody would be able to recognize me? Thankfully, uh, Jake was our champion within the Jaguars yeah. org that did it. Roy Robertson-Harris was our coach. Um, and we crushed it. We had our team members out there. We had one of our team members, young, uh, young gentleman, Mars. Shout out to Mars if he's listening. He got to hand off the ball to our belly flopper. Nice. Um, we won day of. I just want to make sure everybody that? knows we had scores. It's a championship, what that and is. Then, um, the Fans voted it up, and so uh, Special Olympics came in first. We came in second, and Boys and Girls Club came in third. So we'll be receiving fifteen thousand dollars as wow. a second place prize, which is that's amazing, transformational, yeah, for our organization. The so. the, uh, the Jags do so many good things, and so does uh, so do some of their star players. Yes. So everybody gets a star player. <laughs> did you you got one of the players on the team, right? I, which, I which, do. Which player did you guys get? Yeah, we were so just beyond uh, thrilled to have Trevor and Marissa. Trevor. Lawrence engaged with our organization. Tell us year. about that. Yeah, so, you know, I think that they recognize the value of the mentors they've had in their life, and true to their core values, they wanted to bring awareness to that. And when we talked about the wait list that we have and how 90% of those are little boys looking for someone to throw a ball with, to do something with them, they really got inspired. And so they said, how can we raise awareness around this? And so we have a campaign called Takes Little to Be Big. And they decided to do this supper club so that every week they celebrate a big and a little who are celebrating something. Sometimes it's, hey, we just uh, got my first job, so let's go have a celebration. We had matches that were celebrating 10 years of being bigs and littles together. So um, doing that work, bringing awareness to mentorship, uh, working with our waitlisted kids, and then, of course, the My Cause, My Cleats, uh, which was really cool to be on such a large yeah. stadium yeah. platform. And it was Trevor. It was, it not was just Trevor. Tell, you got to tell the story about he came out to meet with your kids. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned he has a Sunshine Supper yeah. Club with us. Yeah. Uh, every Monday night of the NFL season, he's been sponsoring just a big and a little together yeah, for right. a very intimate thing. But the week of Thanksgiving, he said, we really want to open this up. And so we actually had 20 or so of our waitlisted um, children and families come out and join us for dinner. And then Trevor and Marissa came out and joined us and um, spent about 30 minutes with our young people. We're just so gracious, you know, got to know and got, let them take all the pictures, you know, all of the things yeah. signed. We had these sweet little menus made up. They got to sign them and take them home as mementos. And I think, again, just having that opportunity to have such an intimate environment with them. It wasn't for show. It was just 
really because he, he sees the value of these young people and he wants to make sure that they know he's a champion for them in the city. Sarah told us a great story during the break. The Trevor said, hey, you guys want autographs? It's okay if you don't. <laughs> it's okay if you don't. Yeah, I don't have to, but I mean, I mean, I'm here and I got a pen. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I think that's, that's a great story. He's amazing. He yeah. and Marissa are just incredible, yeah. such humble people, down to earth. Um, this is a story I love to tell, too. I, I live out at the beach. Trevor and his wife are often out at the beach. And one day I was at uh, Southern Grounds, and it was just busy, right? And right. I, my, my family and I were looking for a table. This was months ago, probably a year ago. Had no idea who I was, and he and his wife had finished, but they were lingering. They looked over, they saw us, they got up and they gave us their table. Like, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. They could have sat there like most people do and pulled out a laptop and hung out for a while. <laughs> but I think just that awareness that he has yeah. about others uh, really speaks through, and that's really reflected in the way he's worked with our organization. So. What is the website if people want to go and, and learn more? Yeah, so it's uh, bbbsnefl.org, or you can just Google Big Brothers Big Sisters Northeast Florida.org. But in the meantime, come to the Yale House, right? <gasps> yes. what, what we have to do right now in the meantime, we are, we are going to be here till 7 o'clock. We've got a stack of toys. I mean, it's a great stack already. But it's it's just about drive time now, so the so the That's good right. stuff the good stuff is and coming. People are out. still at work. They yeah, they gotta get off exactly work. Go right. buy toys and come here. Go, go buy toys and big or small. Like we right. we needed all small gift cards for our teenage. All of that stuff is incredible. It it, yeah. it really even if it's just one toy, it makes a difference. My so. wife my wife bought our, did our shopping for this, and she bought this big these big Little Mermaid. And Aww. I said I said Little Mermaid. She goes listen. You and all your <laughs> listeners are getting baseballs and basketballs and gloves. I'm getting some. What if there's a little girl that doesn't want to be in sports? Right. So, so, she, that's what, so that's what we brought. But, but we appreciate what you do, Sarah, and letting us be involved. Brett's going to join us at 5 o'clock, and it's certainly important to Brett Hastings. Uh, so this is a fun day for all of us, too. Yeah. I know it's a fun day for you. So thank you for letting us be part of it. Thanks for coming by. Thank you guys so much. Back Happy in a moment. 1010XL, 92.5. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. For all of your tires and automotive service needs, it's Big Chief Tire. Welcome back to the Ale House, Beach and Hodges. We are watching Mandarin in the state championship game down to Miami Columbus, 21 to 13. So they have scored since he left 21 to 6. Hopefully Mandarin pulls out the victory. Fink Frangie, Hayes Carline, RJ Saunders, I am Lauren Brooks. You just heard from Sarah Alford. And again, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Northeast Florida doing so many great things in our community, especially the mentoring, but obviously also providing all of these wonderful toys to the community that is in need this Christmas season. Yeah, it really is. And, and again, we have more toys coming in here. Now we're here. We're collecting them until 7 o'clock. We're going to be here till 7. The show's on till 6. We're going to be here till 7, sticking around, hanging out. Come say hello. And uh, on a Friday night in the holidays, uh, I can't think of a better place to be than somewhere where we're bringing a bunch of kids, bringing a bunch of gifts for kids. So, uh, And the turnout has been fantastic. And, again, we're just getting going now, by the way. I mean, officially just started at 4. That's we're right. here till 7 o'clock, and it's going to be – you can already see the stash, okay? It's a stash of all it's stashes. It's growing. That's the good and, news. And, and I, loved, I love when Hayes asked the question to Sarah, what's it like when the kids get them? I, I can tell you – and, Lauren, you're out there every time, so you know – when we have a walk-off clinic, the best part of that clinic is we give them the glove when they sign the glove. Because then, because we say, well, put your name on it, and they go, like, with ink? Like, and, I get to keep and this? Then they know, and then they know they get to I keep it. I don't return it. this at the end of the day? So I can imagine, to your point, uh, Hayes, uh, when the kid gets to realize, I mean, there's bicycle, nice bicycles. Oh, yeah. And footballs and basketballs. And, I mean, these are big surfboards. I mean, there's, there's big stuff here. And by the way, 
You don't have to bring a big thing. You can bring something small. That's right. But but anything at all you bring, unwrapped toy, um, and toy. I mean, there's not there's no better connection in the world than a kid and its toy. I mean, kids and toys are the greatest thing ever, ever, ever. You know, so yeah, and, and there's nothing that makes you feel yeah, better right. as an adult than to give something. I mean, if we have the means, there, there's yeah, no better yeah. feeling than realizing that Saturday, a week from tomorrow, yeah. kids are going to be smiling from ear to ear because you brought yep. something. So again, like Frank said, we're here till seven o'clock. All right, Frank, you said at the top of the show that you have advice for college football fans. I'm wondering what said advice for college football fans would be. The, this person's bringing all. This person's bringing all kind of like <laughs> Look this. At there's, this. There's bags <laughs> and there's. There, there's bags. <laughs> there's bags of. Pr- she comes every year, by the way, and brings. And those. brings a lot. Yeah, she does. So she's got all kind of stuff there. Um, uh, you're quite. By the way, I was, my friend just bought a bunch of toys. So <laughs> she's you distracted. What was your question? What is your advice to college football fans I, I, that you I, said you have? Because I, I wonder if has if it has something to do with social media. Yeah, yeah. The well, here's my thinking. Don't don't get mad at a kid that leaves your school. Thank you. Don't get, don't get, and I, and I saw that on, yep. don't, don't get mad at a kid that leaves your school. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't let these kids, it's four years of the, that's all you have four years of your whole life to be a college football player. Your whole life's what you have. Or seven. So, yeah, oh, I was yeah. going to say, well, not, I wasn't <laughs> yeah, going to say yeah, something take yeah, longer, but with the COVID you year, have, literally they've had six yeah, you and have seven between years. one and seven years of your life, but it's your only time. <laughs> If a kid doesn't want to, go, if a kid wants to go to the school you root for, that's awesome, and root for him, and root for him. But if a kid doesn't want to go, whether he doesn't choose your school out of high school, whether he decides to leave, that's his choice. So, so don't, so don't. I mean, uh, that, and, and the fans get excited, and I understand that. But don't be mad. At, you know, I mean, don't. I mean, don't, don't attack yeah, student athletes yeah. on social media. It makes you look bad. Yeah, and, and, and we we'll just and don't feel that way. I mean, you weren't mad when Graham Mertz chose to leave Wisconsin. You weren't. You well, weren't, well you plenty weren't, of fans who are mad, you, you, you but, but you, not a grim you, you weren't. You 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 weren't <laughs> mad. You weren't mad that uh, you weren't mad that uh, uh, the the Montreal Johnson came. You weren't mad that that you know you, you know, don't, Osiris don't, Torrance. Don't, right. So Gator fans were thrilled. So, so, Louisiana so, fans. I'm so sure were upset. So advice number one: Don't be mad if if a kid leaves your school. It's because he wants he wants to do something else with his life, and that's okay. And that's okay. So that's a that that, that bothered me. That fans, it all it, it it reared its head in the Trevor Etienne stuff. It did. but it was way more than that. If a kid wants to leave, that's his choice. Let him go play where he wants. Second thing is, as a fan, I would treat your team like this is your. Forget who's not there. Look at your team. Who? Okay, well, see if I'm if I'm a Gator, I got Graham Mertz, who obviously is pretty good. I got Trey Wilson, who's obviously pretty good. I got this guy Gene and Mizell. <laughs> For now, yeah, yeah, well, right. <laughs> but but I mean that's how I would treat it. Who, so who's going to be my middle linebacker? And who's going to be – and look at – I mean, I think we get so caught up in the angst of what we're not. Not just Gator fans, by the way. You're so caught up in the angst of what you're not. Shoot. I mean, guess what? They're not firing him. You're not gonna fi- they're not going to fire him. They may fire him next year, but not fire him now. Yeah, I, I would bet you he's pretty much going to make it to September. Agree or disagree? I, yeah, he's going to make it to September. How much, how much would you like to bet? I'm, I've, I'm hearing some <laughs> things that are yeah. just like yeah, – but, but, I mean, as far as making it to September – It makes you wonder. September? What's that? It makes you wonder if he's making it September? He's going to make it to September, but I, yeah. I, I am fearful that the yeah. bad news is yeah. not even close to being over yet and, for Florida. Yeah, and I don't deny that, but, but my but point But social is, media can't fire him. Right, right, but, but here's my point. You got two choices. Angst over it. Or hey, the part of the fun of being, what's the fun of it? The most too much fun, the two most fun times for a lot of fans are recruiting, and the draft. You know, I I think we just I've just watched this, this so and again it's not just Gator fans, it's a lot of fans. So much anger and 
how can this be happening to my enjoy the guys you got and hold out hope that maybe just maybe Graham Mertz will throw a couple touchdowns and you'll beat Miami who I'm not sure is much better and you'll beat Sanford who I'm not I don't think guess what news bulletin I don't think you're winning at Texas I don't think they're winning against Georgia but the would you where's LSU home game with uh, with Nussmeyer or I, I guess the, back in the day old guy old guy alert by the way <laughs> back in the day you got excited about your games right now you just want to talk you want to worry about how awful things are going that's yeah. my advice that's my advice today well certainly Maybe it's, it's the holiday season yeah certainly don't attack anybody on social media Please. yeah I think and, we all agree with and, that and let alone a, a student <sighs> athlete look why should he stay ask yourself that if it was your kid would you honestly advise him to stay there and get destroyed behind a lackluster offensive line and go, I mean, four and eight and not have the fun that you could have going to a, a, a premier elite team? I, I don't know anybody that would, would say, no, I'm good here where we're miserable <laughs> and all I'm going to hear for the next eight months is how my coach is on the hot seat and he's not the right guy. I mean, I, I don't blame him at all. I mean, it's unfortunate. You know, I mean, I, I wish it wasn't the situation, but I don't know how anybody could fault any of these kids for leaving Florida. Right. The right. coaching staff looks like they're completely incompetent. <laughs> My advice didn't take, did it? <laughs> uh, I don't think your advice was to someone like Hayes, no, who's just, not. But, but what Hayes I mean, is not the person on social media ripping these no, people. No, I know that. I'm I, not, it, my, my, my point is. But you're expecting fans to be rational, and I think that's well, no, no, funny. But, no, I, I just think the, the, the joy of being a fan is is fine when you're winning. Yeah. Well, I mean, not everybody wins, you know. So I mean, I. But uh, that's the. I think that's the thing. Florida fans, Florida State fans, Miami fans, they all expect a higher standard. And when the standard's not being met, they're furious. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess you're right. I guess, and by the way, I might have – there's an outside chance that I might have lost some confidence in the head coach more, even, more, even in the last week. So I'm being serious about that. Yeah. There's, there's an outside – Wait till next week. Yeah, yeah, not oh, here. Boy. But, but there, there's an outside chance I might have lost some confidence. I'm just being honest. I, I when I when I went back and counted up the guys from that, his recruiting class. No, all of them. Gotcha. When I went back and counted up the good players that they weren't able to keep, and and I and I, and I sent a big tweet out about it. I mean, I mean, Donovan McMillan's first team All ACC. Um, I never knew he was even any good. Tyron Hopper is one of the best three or four linebackers in the SEC. Xavier Henderson, he said he wasn't any good. Well, he caught sixty balls this year. For Cincinnati, okay. You, you see my point? There's, there's so many guys that if you – I mean, Mike Tarkin was a starting tackle on USC's very good offense. The defense wasn't any good. That wasn't his fault. You know, Josh Braun was, uh, was Arkansas's best offensive lineman. We started adding them up, and then the guys that are leaving now, I start to think that maybe Billy's inability and, – and, and he's a good guy, but people, people are going to leave if they don't think you can win. And I think his ab- inability to convince his own guys, I think it might be – might have cost me to lose a little confidence. That makes sense. You know, you know what I mean. It might have cost, I mean, and I'm and, the ultimate to have confidence and in the look, coach guy. It's not like they're not trying yeah. to keep these guys. It's not like correct. Trevor Etienne's walking into his office and saying, "Hey, coach, I'm going to enter the portal." He's like, "Wish you well. You've been great." I mean, they're doing everything they can to keep them. Yeah, yeah, right. But they don't want to be there because right. they see the landscape. Yeah, and and, and, and they've they've lived it. Yeah. We only see it on Saturdays. Right. These guys have lived it all year. But, and I think there's 
a lot of frustration. But, but I know what's going to happen is next September we're all going to get excited and watch the game and root for Miami and root for them to beat Miami. And I just – and, sure. again, and again I'm, I'm pointing to Florida, but I'm just thinking at this point he's your coach. That's it. He's your coach. Now, if it's three games in and they're – if it's four games in and they're one and three – and you want to start hoping they fire it? Well, then that's a different conversation. You know, at that point, sure. you ever, you, at that point, it, it's a, but right now, everybody's undefeated now. You know, he's undefeated. You're going into recruiting class. I just think that, I think we we focus so much on don't don't hate your coach in the off season. I guess that's my point. If, uh, maybe I'm not making a very good point, but I mean that. that I think people have hated him for a while, and yeah. these departures are well, only. Well, quit hating him then. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. Whether you agree or not, I, that's I, my point. Quit. I understand and, and I, your point. And, and, I don't think way, you it, can convince people who well, hate him to change well, their mind. But but as long as I got a microphone, I can try. Okay. Sure. And, and, and again, forget just Florida. All the fans with hot seat guys. You know, once the season's over, it's recruiting. It's spring football. It's Enjoy, enjoy your guys, you know, rather than spend all your – I mean, you can spend all the time you want between now – and, by the way, Mandarin just scored again. That's awesome. They're, 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 not, they're not going away, by the way. 28-19, middle of the third. So, Mandarin's not going away. Down I wonder if they 19. go for two again. So, but, but my point is I can pretty much tell you that between – What a move that was. Yeah, it was. Jan- January, between, between the – after the national championship game and August – Everybody's undefeated, and no one's and I, and very few teams are firing a coach. I think we just I wouldn't spend nine months saying I hope we fire a coach. That's that's the point. And if the people do, they do. That's my advice. You don't have to take it. No, I, I I get what you're saying. I think by the time you get to January 10th, yeah, then I think the portal's closed. Right. I think this is my team. Now you know your team. I think now it's just from a Florida fans' perspective. It's hard to get excited about some of these guys yeah. other than – all you know is right. that Graham Mertz and Cam Jackson are on the team. Yeah, right yeah. and, by the and way, that's it. Yeah, I, that's it, all you know about your team yeah, right and, now. And by the, and by the way, I, 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 don't get me wrong. I, uh, I'm not telling you to get excited, but you can't, you can't fake excitement. If you're not excited, you're not excited. I'm just saying you're burning a lot of energy talking about how much you hate your coach. By the way, you've, you've said it about four times now. Are they losing like Trey Wilson? Are they losing good players? I mean, you do. You You must uh, give it up here. Give it up here on a Friday afternoon on the first coast. Like, I mean, just how bad is what, it going to get? What do you know that it's, I don't know? And am I going to be mad? I would say it's more in regards to the signing class than it is. Okay. Oh, oh losing recruits. Okay. Than it is. Uh, oh yeah, I think they're losing all of them. I think Xavier's going to Texas. I think LJ's going somewhere. I think they're all. I think they're losing all of them. So Lagway is the only one that's coming. Yeah. And I don't know that that's a Oh, lock. no. They're losing Lagway. They're losing LJ. They're losing okay. Xavier. Is that now the word? That is, a is that the word? Bomb that would be dropped. I mean, it's. Yeah. I don't, that, I don't know. The, it's, it's word around the campfires that Lagway could be looking. I don't know recruiting well enough to know all that. But he's supposed to have been a lock since I mean, I'm not well kidding before. you. He has visited the Florida campus. Six times this fall. Yeah, you met him. I mean, well, that was before the every, fall. Every, that was in the spring. Yeah. But every, every time he's had a chance to get to Gainesville this fall, he's been there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on his own. I mean, I'm assuming on his own. He can't visit officially. Right. So unofficially, those are supposed to be on your own dime. But, uh, I mean, he has been the Pied Piper of this whole thing. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I think I think it's it's – Hard to put that one in the hundred percent category right, right now, though. Right, right, which is just stunning. But but let me ask you this: Let's say he let let's say let's say he changes his mind and goes somewhere else. How much of that is something Billy did or didn't do wrong since the end of the season, 
And how much is it this incredible negativity in the atmosphere, in the world where everybody hates on the coach? I think if I'm DJ Langway, and if I think, God almighty, everybody, all our fans want our coach fired, maybe I am going to leave. I mean, that's got that's in play, right? That's got to be part. I'm not saying if it's the fans' fault that DJ Langway is leaving. But, I mean, if he, if he changes or if one of these great recruits change, it's probably because, God almighty, I mean, everybody hates I, – I like the guy. He recruited me. I said, it, everybody hates the guy. Coach, I want to come. But, man, if they all hate you and they're going to fire you because they all hate you and every fan in the world talks about how dumb you are and how bad you are and how much I want to do, Coach, I may need to go over here to Texas. I don't know who else is recruiting him. You know, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, is, that, is, there, is there truth to that? I, I think it's more that he's 11 and 14. I think it's more that but if that's they the case, lost their last five games. You know, I, I think it's well, I think it's more. But wouldn't you have decommitted after the 14 after that? If it's if it's if it's that, I'm, I'm not trying to argue with you. But if, yeah. if you're right, if it's if it's the losses, he could have decommitted a month ago. Right. Uh, well, I mean, the Florida State game was what, two weeks ago? Okay. So, you know, I mean, right. I, I think, you know, taking time to process. And look, I'm not saying. And it's all I, the same I'm stuff. I'm not I mean. saying he is decommitted. Right, right. I'm just saying I've gone from thinking he is absolutely going to be in the class yeah. to now I'm not 100% sure he's going to be. Know, in you class. know how this is going to be on social media, by the way. Carlion said. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. But, uh, but, I mean, but my, my point but they're is. They're not going to be mad at Hayes. But, but, but my point is, my point is, the, anybody you lose now. Look, by the way, it's, it's the coach's job to win more games, and if the coach wins more games, you don't have that in the atmosphere. I'm not, I'm not making the coaches blameless. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's so much negativity in the in, – but, but I don't know any place else where you lose well, five straight games to close your season, and it's going to be you know yeah. a, a bunch of a cheer in the fan base. I mean, yeah, I, he's I, done a bad job. Yeah, now, that yeah, doesn't mean yeah, but, that but, he can't get it going, yeah, and yeah. maybe year three he'll surprise, yeah, but I mean, and hopefully I mean, he I does. Mean, I mean, by the way. But, he, I mean, he, I think he, it's it's hard to give him anything more yeah, than well, pretty much a complete F in yeah, terms of how he's done. Yeah, I guess my point is I, I, yeah, I don't know that five and seven – in a, in a program that was the lost year before you got there and that everybody that tells me that Dan Mullen was the worst recruiter of all time, I don't know that that's an F. I, 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 don't, know that I don't know that an F. I think, I think two and ten's an F. Although Florida's got better talent than that. Well, wait a minute, they can't because you told me Dan Mullen can't recruit. Can't be better talent. You know? But, I mean, uh, you, you watched every snap. Yeah. You understand. It wasn't, oh, and it wasn't five and seven that was your close loss to Georgia and a close yeah, loss yeah. here and there. and They look dysfunctional. Correct. And, 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 I, and that's what recruits see. That's what transfer portal kids see, and that's clearly what fans yeah, see. Yeah, they look dysfunctional. My point about it is there's no denying that. But I just think, and again, I, it feels like I'm picking on Florida fans. I'm not. I am a Florida fan. I'm one of you. I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just saying it just seems like there's so much we hate our coach. He's dumb. He's terrible. He's the worst coach of all time. I've, never, I've seen people say he's the worst coach of all time. Well, he's not the worst coach of all time, by the way. I can give you a list, right? He's the worst coach here. He's the worst this. He's the worst that. We follow the narrative. The narrative is talk about how lousy Billy is. That's the narrative. And I think the more people that follow the narrative, the more it hurts the DJ Lagway's coming. That's my point, and I – passionately feel that way. I, I mean, because we do. We follow that. Well, the narrative says, I got to go on social media and talk about how Billy sucks. I got to go tell my friends, Billy sucks. Hey, Billy sucks. Billy sucks. You know, Billy sucks. You know, Billy sucks. I heard, don't heard it, but Billy sucks. Well, okay, Billy sucks. Well, DJ Lagway's seeing that. I mean, these, you don't think these kids are seeing every, everything that's written on social media? So relax about your coach sucks. I, that's my point. By the way, probably 
four percent of the people will agree <laughs> with that, and that's a, and you know what, and that's okay. It depends on which coach you're talking about. I think in every situation it's different. Well, I of think, course it is. I think in this situation. Billy Napier gave his fans a reason to think at times he sucks. That, that's, he, to me, the he, bottom line. Well, and but did he give him a reason to want him fired? Yes. All right. Two, well, you know, next, by the way, whoever comes in next, you got two years, bro. Okay. Uh, that, that's what we know is next guy's two years. So, so I, next, I, year gets, next guy gets two years. Two years, you, you, you should want him fired in two years. If he's a better coach, then no, okay. he, he could get and more this than guy two was, years. Well, this guy was two games under, three games under 500. No, four three games, games four. under yeah. 500. Yeah, three, so three games under 500, that's fired. It depends on how it looks. It's different, it's different in every situation. You want him fired? Right, right now? now? No, I don't want him fired. Did you want him fired at the end of the year? No. Okay. okay. But I am a believer that he can turn it around, but I think I'm in yeah. the vast minority. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that I'm a believer in that anymore. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I've, I've lost some confidence. Yeah. I, I've, I've lost some confidence. That, that was before but, all these people. I'm, you yeah, said at the end yeah. of the season. At the end of the season, yeah. I thought, but well, I'll say th- but I'll he say made this. some really dumb decisions I'll in that Florida this. State if game. If you don't believe that all the negativity in the atmosphere is contributing to some of the attrition, Absolutely. then you're an idiot. Okay, If you don't believe part of that is contributing to it, 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 Absolutely. It, it's just so, 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 so negative out there. God almighty. It's like when the Jaguars lost early in the season to the Texans. Press Taylor, if yeah. you follow Jaguars yeah. Twitter, yeah. Press Taylor was the worst offensive yeah. coordinator you've ever seen. Yeah. And, and look, and this is well, the thing, right. too, that I, right. that I would say to the coaching staff, you know, as they complain about it. You know, don't lose to a one in seven in league yeah. play Arkansas team right. in your house. Well, just, I can't just win that game. Yeah, well, I can't. And at least you're yeah. going to a bowl yeah, well, game, well, and you get the extra practices. But I'm t- and, I mean, but I'm t- they've I'm t- totally done this to themselves. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm talking about right now. Can't change that. Right now, I mean, right now you cannot win or lose a game until late August. That, that, that's been my point about this whole thing. So I mean, that's, that's, that's my rant for the day. Take the advice. Everyone will say, are you kidding me, Franzi? I'm going to hate whoever I want to hate. That, that, that's about it. And by the way, that's okay, too. We'll take a break. When we come back, Brett Hastings is going to join us, talk all about what's going on here at the Yale House. Look at that collection of toys. Whoo, boy, no one's hating that. I promise you that. Back in a moment, 1010, 2.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. Welcome out of the program. One hour to go on the show, but two hours to go in your opportunity to bring toys here. Part of the Hastings Injury Law Firm, um, toys for, I say toys for Todd, toy drive uh, to benefit big brothers, big sisters of Northeast Florida. Our friend Brett Hastings uh, is kind of the master of ceremonies for all this thing. Hey, don't buddy, good to see you. Doing great. Phenomenal. We want to keep up the momentum. Like a uh, ton of toys early, you know, want to keep it going. But, uh, you know, I, I heard Sarah talk, but, you know, the reality this year is economic times are tough. Yeah, they are. And so this toy drive is always super important, you know, as we've said. Uh, 90% of these children, the only toys they get are from this toy drive. So that's important. And this year, with times even being tougher, uh, I think it's even more important. But yeah. uh, as you could see, it's, it's going well. You it's know. amazing. It's amazing. And Sarah said it right. She said it so much more eloquently than I did. This is their Christmas experience. Right. And that's a perfect way to say it. This is their Christmas experience. And, it's, uh, and, uh, and that's it. That's their, right. And she made a great point, Brett, to us that I had, I had never thought about. Not only does a little kid 
that not have that hadn't had a Christmas have the opportunity to 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 go have a toy, but also has the opportunity to give a toy right. uh, to to their little brother or little sister. That's gold, man, and and, I, and that makes me even happier that uh, that we're honored to to help you with this. Well, and, and as you know, one of the things early on that we had talked about when we did it was. We wanted toys that would help kids to get outside, right, get unplugged a little bit digitally, go do things. We have more bikes this year than I've ever seen, you know, in the history of it. we got surfboards. We have all kinds of stuff. So it's great. You know, we, we love 1010. Uh, we love big brothers, big sisters. But just from a get outside, you know, I think those are the types of things that change kids' trajectories, right? You know, bikes give freedom. Hey, you get a baseball mitt, might get you into baseball. For me, I got a surfboard when I was like 10 years old, into the ocean, all those other things. So it's super cool. And uh, it, the quality of the toys this year, they've always been good, but it seems like that that's even escalating. So w- we know it's also tough for the people who are going out and grabbing things. But uh, as you said uh, early on when you were like, hey, let's do this toy drive. And I was like, are, are people going to show up or how's it going to go? How many years has it been? Uh, this is uh, this is our eleventh year. Eleventh year, yeah. and, and, we, and I remember I remember the, the lunch we had. Yeah, we thought about doing this, and we looked at each other like, "Think anyone's going to come? Yeah. We don't want to just be standing out there, you know." Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, yeah and, and then at the end of the show, I was literally going around and talking to people in the parking lot because yeah. we needed to use their cars, you know, to get toys <laughs> in it. But you said the one thing that always resonates uh, about the toy drive, and I remember you go, "Hey, listen." This thing will reinstill your faith in people, and it really does every year. So, What's been the most rewarding part of it over the 11 years? You know, uh, the first time that I got to go see their, their party. Right. You know, and, and like, uh, you know, like everybody should have a great Christmas. And so the fact that, you know, 90% of these kids wouldn't really get anything. I mean, that shocked me. You know, at first, I, is that really true? I kind of pushed them on it. It was, and then what's neat is, and one of the reasons the toys are unwrapped, they match up who likes what, but they get to go, then go in and kind of cho- choose it, right? So it's not just us getting something that's kind of a surprise, and I know that's a little bit different from the other, but those kids magnate towards things they're really, really going to use, so that's awesome. It really is. Brett, when you got to go and see all the toys, I didn't realize, I guess, like Frank said, sometimes we do this every year and you don't always listen. I didn't realize they have kids up to 18 years old. Yeah. So what are some of the toys that, that people should bring for the older group? Well, you know, uh, sports items, right? I mean, basketballs are going to get dribbled and shot, soccer balls, all of those things. Like I said, you know, bikes are phenomenal, right? You know, and even if they're larger size bikes mm-hmm. or whatever, because they give kids freedom. Yeah, they can get up, go to tutoring. They can get up. They can go to sports teams. They can go do things after hours. There's a lot of parents that have to work later than kids that get out of. You know, my boys are in high school. They're done it too. Our my work day doesn't end. You know, for a while. So, you know, I think those things are you know sort of the most important things that you can do. Listen, they've all ended up with phones, right? <laughs> and they have that technology. So, you know, there's just still there's no replacing giving people things that get them outside and to do things with others, right? Like one-on-one, you know, interpersonal interaction. You know, Brett, we, you and I have talked about this a lot. You're in the legal field, and, and, and you've been in all facets of the legal field. So you've seen over your career troubled youth. Right. You, you've probably seen troubled youth more than we have, more than, more than people that haven't done what you do. People in law enforcement, people do what you do, have had, have had more uh, instances where you'd see troubled youth. And when I have heard and seen about troubled youth, 
I wonder if they just had opportunities, obviously, that other children had that might have uh, kept them from some of that. Obviously, that's one of the reasons we started Walk Off Charities. But it's the same thing with having some joy on Christmas. Uh, if you don't have joy on Christmas, but so many other people do, you can see how that could lead. Uh, that's a barrier. Right. Barriers lead right. to bitterness. Barriers lead, lead to feeling not included. And I think this is a I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but I think there's something to that when you give someone joy on Christmas that they ordinarily wouldn't have had. Listen, there is no doubt about it. And, I mean, at the core of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, it's mentorship, yes, right? It is. And so we're given things that, that the bigs and the littles, you know, that they can go out and do together. But if you want to change things in the community, you want to go and you want to line people up with mentors. You know, honestly, the core of how this toy drive started is uh, I, I've known Frank forever and before I went out on my own in my law firm. So I had talked to him. Frank's a great entrepreneur. And he said, you know what, I want you to meet a guy. Warren Grimes. And so Warren was the CEO of that. He had been phenomenally successful, right, in the travel industry. And I had a series of lunches with him. And, you know, yeah, I went to Florida's law school. I did great. You know, I was book smart, all of those things. But, you know, the tribal knowledge in life is really what's the most important, right? If you're in sports talk radio, at some point, Frank Frangie's got to pull Hayes aside and say, hey, here's how it goes, and this is how you're going to go out and, you know, get relationships with advertisers, and this is the way to approach coaches. Uh, when I was with Warren, he was like, hey, you know, I, I knew how to practice law. I knew how to litigate cases. I knew how to go to court. Did I know how to be a CEO yet? Did I know how to be an entrepreneur? So if you look at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, we're going back. It's like, hey, how to be a good human being, right? How to get to That's these right. things. And, and they have an opportunity to see people that have already been successful, so – it's really cool, too, just to see the kids that are coming in to donate. Right. Because you get that, that perspective is cool. That is yeah. cool. as well. Well, you know, I have three wonderful boys, and they hit me up for money all the time, right? But they don't hit me up for this. They want to go use their money to buy toys, which I think is awesome, too. It's like what you said. It's yeah. cool that these kids can have the dig dignity to get, right? It's not just about taking something. We all want to do stuff for other people, I think, ultimately more than we want to get. You brought the surfboards, didn't you? I did. And, yes, uh, he did. And Big I'll old have to surfboard. Well, what I want to tell you is what's really cool about that is uh, Stormblade is the manufacturer. They wanted to get them to us. We're going to continue to get them there. Uh, my son, Hunter, we've kind of talked about it, and I think we're going to actually have a not-for-profit where we'll work with them called Paddle It Forward. Nice. Uh, where we're going to have kids, that, uh, you know, at-risk kids and divorces and uh, get them surfboards, get them kayaks and stuff like that. So. That's awesome. I love so. that. The, uh, I'm proud of you for doing this. I'm yeah. proud of you for doing this. This is, this is an exciting day for us, and uh, we're always honored to be part you, of that. You I know, I think uh, I get too much credit, you know, because yeah. these people that are busy, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, over the years we've had some great stories, and that's why this segment's important, right? Yeah. Judge Branham, if he's listening out there, I, I love him. He was like, yeah, by God, I got a lot going on today, and he went into the Walmart, he brought a toy in here, and he yeah. did it. So these, everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot going on. I've had several people come in here. They're now making it to uh, the Ed White Fletcher basketball game to see their kid, but they wanted to make sure yeah. they were here. They got toys. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Murphy, the gentleman that knew Warren Grimes, he got here at 245. He had a little, not a little, it was like a Porsche SUV. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I would have bought more bikes, but this is all I could fit in here. And he had six brand-new bikes somehow yeah, wow. fit into the SUV. Nice. Yeah. So and you, and those people went out and do the legwork and the hard work. You're right, Brett. We are, we are but a conduit 
to help good people help good people. That's right. exactly right. But it, but it, but we're proud to be that conduit. And so and I and, I'm, and I appreciate you uh, involving us in this. Uh, by the way, have you given up on Billy Napier like Hayes and Lauren have? They hate him. You know, I think he's. A, I think yesterday. he's a good guy, but he's yeah. not the guy, right? Okay, you yeah, know, that's so. why I'd look at it. I, I'm more. I think we need new leadership in Gainesville in the, in the athletic department. And so at this oh. point, I still say let, let, let Billy go do what he does. But I, I just don't think Scott Strickland should be the person to make the next decision. Right. I think he's shown that, you know, two, right. two coaches weren't fits, you know. So there you go. So I want Frank Frangi down there. You can do the show live. AD. You know, you, can, you make the decisions. I'm going to be the make. AD. <laughs> I got AD in me. I, 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 would, I would take the job. But Hayes, Hayes is my personal spokesperson. We're trying to get me the commissioner of college football job. Yeah, and we made any progress. We're very close. We're, so you, yeah, I think camp- that's a better fit. And that you. campaign is – we put I so Ro- much- I think, yeah. I think <laughs> Roger Goodell's going to get it, right? <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we put so much work into it now. Yeah, we need it, to see it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brett, great work on this. I'm proud Take to be part of it. Take care. It's everybody out there. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All right. Back in a moment. 10, 10, 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time now for the Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Sky Life Elite, North Florida's premier private air charter. Zappy throwing, caught, Henry, touchdown. Whoa. So Henry, who scored the prior touchdown, went into the medical tent for just a moment, comes back and scores again. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> William Zapka, or I'm sorry, uh, Bailey Zapke. Uh, I love William Zapka. Yes, uh, great actor. The Sir Lawrence Olivier of 80s movie villains. Uh, it was uh, it was a surprising result. Uh, is New England upsets the Steelers. Pittsburgh's now lost to Arizona and New England in consecutive weeks. That was a 24-yard touchdown. Put the Patriots up 21-3. It is our take flight moment of the week again skylife elite give our friends a call 490-9332 or find them at flyskylife.com premier private air charter i got a question lay it on me we're, we're going over to see our friends from skylife next week gonna hang out with them for a little bit that's right they can take us for a spin that would be cool i mean it's maybe like just you know up and that back yeah. to like atlanta and back i mean we don't have to go yeah, far that, that'd be great i mean I don't, I don't need to go to tahoe or just just up to atlanta and back yeah. yeah so we can do that we'll, uh, be, we'll be back for tuesday show we tell you this all the time sky life elite is the name to know you don't have to fly commercial and wait in line and wait in line and and get peanuts and crowd in you don't have to do it anymore you'd be surprised how affordable it is sky life elite Charter flights are so affordable and enjoyable, and you ought to do it. So I mean that very sincerely. So we we'll see our boys next week. Let's yeah, it's going to be fun. That'll be an awful lot of fun. So there you go. I, by the way, did not watch this game yeah. past halftime last night because it was 21-3, whatever, right. whatever the score was. I had no idea that there's still eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and no one scores again. Yeah, you, you can't. Uh, it was. Uh, it was honestly. I'm so glad awful. I didn't watch. It, it was. It was uh, as the painful Thursday nighters go. Yeah. That one, does, that one was not going to go down as painful because it's two marquee teams, but it was as bad as any of them. It was close because it was so bad. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the level of play, the two quarterbacks, the le- I'm telling you, the level of play from the two quarterbacks, Bailey, Bailey Zapke. Uh, <laughs> he Bailey, got off to a hot start, and <laughs> yeah, then he cooled. But Bailey Zappi, hey, Carline, yeah, uh, and Mr. Uh, Trubisky. Definitely like a son to me. Um, Six th- touchdowns in the college. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who was, that against, who was that against? He was – he was at Who Western was Kentucky. He uh, was against uh, Charleston Southern. <laughs> <laughs> and who was their quarterback? Uh, that would be uh, Jake Browning. 
the uh, and, 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 and by the way, if you're listening, I'm going. I thought Jake Browning went to yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah, by the way. Okay, yeah. just you know. Um, honestly, and, and to see and listen, everything's cyclical, but to see how those franchises have fallen, the level to which they have fallen to the the Patriots and the Steelers, because they're both lousy. The Steelers have more wins because somehow with smoke and mirrors it just happened. But they're both it, – it, it was comical to watch how bad they were. The Steelers had a fourth and two at the very end of the game. They still had a chance to tie it and get it sure. to overtime or maybe score a, an improbable touchdown to win it. But it's fourth and two. And Mitch Trubisky, who's had no success really all night, decides I'm going to throw a 40-yard pass down the field. To a covered guy. To a covered guy and overthrow him by four yards. Right. I mean, on fourth and two. I mean, it just there's just no there's no rhyme or reason to what the Steelers are doing, and you know, again, this is what this is what will be so fascinating with Pittsburgh is you don't expect them to win games, though so they win games. They they they're out, they're out to this seven and whatever it was seven and seven and four and seven and, and four three start. at they the time. And, so six and three and, and seven and, and four. And you're looking at it, and you're like, okay, well, they've got Arizona and New England next. Well, they're going to get to nine wins, right. Pretty yeah. quick, both, both at home. Both at home. Two two win teams at home. And, and to literally lose to two of the three worst teams, they didn't lose to the Panthers yeah. yet. I don't know if they're on the schedule. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it's incredible to and lose to Arizona and New England. And, and Pete said it best. The Patriots haven't scored in a month. Right. So to immediately be down 21-3, boy, that's uh, that's got to be tough. And I can tell you in this, and re- reading all this media, all this um, Pittsburgh media I read all the time, in this, let's fire the coach. Let's fire the coach world because we always fire the coach. In in this world, in this world of firing the coach, yes. Now they're trying to decide: do they call for Tomlin? Seventeen years now, and they're in there in the, the. I think that'd be a mistake. Well, but. the one the one column I read was very interesting. The one column I read essentially said, the the gist was, he's never had a losing season, but they haven't won a playoff game since sixteen. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a playoff game. Since before the Jags beat him twice, so and so, are you in that no man's land of can't fire the guy because he's the guy, yet maybe he doesn't have it anymore? Almost like Paterno or Bowden, or you know, yeah, you could almost argue the opposite that he got what you the product you saw last night to seven wins. Like you could argue that no other coach is going to be able to do that with that product, but at yeah. the same time, like you said, they, they haven't saw, been as successful. I saw a stat today. You know his record in games that Ben Roethlisberger didn't start. I will go with it's fifty. It's fifty, say 50 games. Fifty games. It's, it's actually forty-eight games. So forty-eight games. I'll go fifteen and thirty-three. Uh, twenty-four, twenty-three, and one. <laughs> but think, but think about it. Yeah, he's 24, 23, and 1. He's always been I was been impressed in you that got to 48 with yeah, your yeah, yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but, I mean, he, but seriously, he was, he was 24, 23. So he's a, he's, a, he's a 500 coach in games that Roethlisberger is. Right now, in fairness, what's <laughs> Belichick in games at Brady? You know, we can do right. that with a lot of but coaches. Who's the, who but still, it, that is the number. Who's been the best quarterback that Tomlin's been given? Oh, Roethlisberger. No, I'm saying uh, post-Roethlisberger. Like, is anyone going to win with it? Right. Like, they don't have a great quarterback. Like, last night, the signs, I thought they were funny. We want Rudolph, as in Mason Rudolph. Yeah. uh, But also, it's Christmas time. Like, he hasn't hasn't had a good quarterback. Well, the the funny thing is, you're watching the game last night, and everyone's yelling, Mason, Rudolph. 
Well, he's terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's the third guy. He's the third guy on a team with bad quarterbacks. It's just that tells you how bad. They, and, 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 the, and the Patriots, too. Did the Patriots, I, and, I, and this is a dumb question, Tom Brady meant that much that the minute he's gone, they're that bad? Yes. I mean, because he then went and won a Super Bowl with yeah, Tampa. Yeah, because I mean, they're the whole roster is not good, and, and I think that's your question: is, is yeah. why is the whole roster yeah. that bad? I mean, I mean, they're I mean, because they used to have the best defense in all of the NFL. I they mean, don't have the best defense. I mean, I mean, for, you mean the, the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, forget the forget the, they're actually decent defensively, but forget the records last night. If you'd watch those two, the level of play of that game last night was horrendous. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, and the Patriots have the record to prove it. Yeah, and the Steelers don't. But I mean, it was it was just really, really. I mean, as bad a football as you, you can. And imagine. Alex Highsmith for the Steelers went out with a neck injury. I don't know that he'll be back right away. Yeah, the uh, yeah, that's, yeah. But I mean, and again, I don't want to be disrespectful to a guy that got hurt because you never want to see a player get hurt. But the Patriots and the Steelers, it doesn't really matter who's hurt and who's not in terms of winning, losing games. There. I mean, I. By the way, someone said, "Are you rooting for the Steelers to get into the playoffs?" Uh, yes. Absolutely. I, I mean, yes. You'd love to host them. You'd love to play them. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're if you're going to get that two seed, I don't know if they're going to get that two seed now. But if you're going to get that two seed, currently the four seed. Okay, right. But 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 if you let's let's say you were going to get the two. I mean, remember, one team gets to buy. The two plays the seven. You'd love that seven. I mean, that, I mean, God Almighty, you'd love oh, that. I think you you'd sign up for that right now. Right now, right? Because yeah. right the Texans are technically the seventh seed as of now after the Steelers lost last night. You'd way rather face the Steelers than the close. Texans. It's not yeah. even close. I'd rather see the Steelers than the Colts. I'd way rather see one of those hamburgers than Minshew. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So, but I'd also rather see the Colts than the Texans. Yeah, yeah. Even though the Colts have a higher seed. Well, thank you, Brett. Let's uh, wrap the pro. We're live at the Yale House, by the way. Amazing amount of toys. Hey, look, we're going to be collecting toys till 7 o'clock. So come anytime between now and 7. Stop by. We would love to see you. Come by and bring some toys. It's, it's, it's great stuff. And we really hope to see you uh, come up here and uh, take part of it in our activities. Uh, one segment to go. Lauren's got news and notes to wrap our program, to wrap the week. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FL. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show news and notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. All right, gentlemen. It is a good thing you're sitting down because we have to go through the Jaguars injury report. And it is a lengthy one between the Jaguars and the Browns. RJ, take it away. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We will begin with the Jaguars for Jacksonville. Four players have been listed as out. For this Sunday's matchup against Cleveland, Christian Braswell and Walker Little both out with hamstring injuries. Trey Herndon will sit with a concussion, and Britton Strange has been noted as out with a foot injury. Trevor Lawrence is officially questionable for Sunday against the Browns, still dealing with that ankle. Travis Etienne, Deanna Johnson, Foley Fatukasi, and Tyson Campbell are also listed as questionable. For the Browns, Amari Cooper... Dewan Jones, Cam Mitchell, and Denzel Ward all listed as questionable for Cleveland on their injury report. Cooper noted with a concussion slash rib injury. Jones nursing a knee injury. Mitchell has a hamstring injury. And Ward is dealing with a shoulder injury. That is your fair and fair injury report. 
Well done, RJ. All right, let's get into baseball. Apparently, Shohei Otani is on his way to Toronto, and then some reports are saying, no, he's at home in Southern California. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly what's true, but is Shohei Otani going to be a Blue Jay potentially? Yeah, that looks like, looks like that thing's going to – I still think it's gonna be, he's going to be in the West Coast, but that thing's getting legs. It's getting, they're getting criticized for keeping it quiet. I, I, I applaud them for that. Uh, they they why why all the media is mad yes that they're not giving them updates well, well, they don't need any updates now he signs for signs I wouldn't the last thing you want to do is cloud it with everybody weighing in on where you should whether you should go here or should go there I uh I mean this the, I think you should be transparent with your fan base we don't have fans right now you don't have a team I I I I think that I think doing it secretly is smart. What does this do to the Blue Jays? Do they become the team to beat in that division? Pro, well, it's a great if division. They get Otani. Yeah, is. remember now. Remember now. Um, uh, the Yankees just got Soto. Soto. Juan Soto. And so, to, I mean, Soto and Judge hitting back to back makes them awfully hard to beat. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I think if if now remember he can't pitch, he's just right. hitting. But getting, for a year, yeah, or yeah, so. yeah. But getting Otani to hit, I would think, will be. I would think it makes I would make the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, and Orioles one heck of a battle. That would make that one. I don't know if the Red Sox are up there with them, but would it make those other four one heck of a battle? It does seem like the hot stove has been quiet. Yeah, so far. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has. I agree. It's, it's been. It has been quiet. It's been certainly been quiet with big names. No, none of the big names have moved along. No, they haven't. Uh, in high school football, unfortunately, Mandarin is not going to win the state championship no. tonight. Down 38-19 with about a minute left to play. Uh, so the local area's only chance now tonight, Brad, for taking on Coco at 8 o'clock. Yeah, I've been watching that game now. Mandarin's pretty good. Miami Columbus is really good. It's 38-19, and for many, many years, it was always going to be hard for a Jacksonville team to beat a Miami team, mm-hmm. and that seems to be the case. I mean, I've watched Mandarin had anything wrong. This, it's just a really, really good Columbus team. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I literally wrote this sentence earlier this morning, and we touched, talked a lot about it earlier, but I, this was the sentence I wrote. Please do not attack student athletes on social media who choose to leave your school and enter the transfer portal. It is not a good look. Yeah. I, I don't think it's just Florida fans. I'm sure it's elsewhere, too, like we said. But just please don't do that. Uh, by the way, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium is going to be led by Crawford. The restoration of it is going to be led by Crawford Architects. So is it good news that an architect has been named, that they're actually going to make progress? Yeah, yeah I think they're a little, again, that's a different issue than the, than the, the football stuff. Yeah. Um, I think they're late on, they're a little bit late on that. Yeah, they got to, the challenge with the college football stadium, Taze, is to renovate them and make, give them all the new, the new fancy stuff without looking, losing the charm of looking old, like Wrigley did, you know. They, that, that's the challenge of a football is, is make your college, have your college football stadium maintain the ambiance and charisma and charm of the past with some of the amenities of the new. And that's hard to do. I mean, football, NFL stadiums don't have to do that. You just want them to look new and fancy. You want new stadiums. College is a different thing. I wouldn't touch the swamp, so I don't like it. But, uh, you know, we'll yeah. see what they end up doing with it. We shall see a college basketball roundup. Florida plays host to Richmond tomorrow at 4 in the Orange Bowl Classic. UNF plays host to Georgia Southern tomorrow at 2 p.m., so go out and see the Ospreys. JU travels to South Carolina State Monday night at 7 o'clock, and FSU travels to USF tomorrow, tipping off at 1.30. Yeah, yeah, we're just about there. We're just about there. We still have the, uh, in terms of colleges, we still have the bowl season and the playoff season, but I'm very interested in what college basketball brings for all the teams running. Uh, that's, a fun, that's a fun two months. 
That January and February are fun too much for college basketball. They really are. Absolutely. And in speaking of basketball, I don't know if you've paid a lick of attention, but the Pacers take on the Lakers. So LeBron makes it to the first in-season tournament How about that? finals uh, in Las what time? Vegas tomorrow night, 8.30. 8.30 tomorrow night. RJ, RJ, what's the watching plans tomorrow night? Home? Out somewhere? What do you tomorrow? I mean, a big one tomorrow night. Big one tomorrow night. Uh, it's just going to consist of watching the uh, the in-season tournament and see the Lakers uh, take this cup home. Although Tyrese Halliburton is a monster, and I'm definitely going to enjoy watching him play. Watching it at home? Yeah, probably. Or watching Ordering a pizza? Else. A pizza? Ordering a pizza? Maybe Wednesday? Oh, no, not at all. I can't eat for this one. I'll fall asleep. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I respect that. I respect the guy's got a plan. Whatever it takes to stay awake. Uh, and finally, Jaguars wide receiver Christian Kirk was placed on the reserve injured list, so I are no surprise there. But just wanted to note that. Time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is thank you to everybody who brought in toys. This is sensational, and uh, it is uh, it is going to be awesome when these children, uh, December 16th, get to go and do their shopping. So thank you so much, and have a safe weekend, and go Jaguars. Yeah, both of you guys heading to Cleveland in the lovely weather, uh, so certainly hope you have a safe trip. My takeaway, Trevor Lawrence listed as questionable. Also, thank you to everyone for all the toys. Uh, it's going to make a, a huge difference for lots of kids in our area. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence suffers a high ankle sprain Monday night, so a short week, not a super short week like the Thursday night when the Jaguars played the Saints, but a short week. And the fact that he is tough enough to be able to at least be questionable, he might play Sunday. I think most people think he's at least going to give it a go. We shall see once he gets out there on Sunday. Yeah, I want to wrap. Just another minute left here. Let me tell you that uh, this is a marvelous day here at the Yale House. I want to thank Brett Hastings, the Hastings Injury Law Firm, Sarah Alford, and all her team at Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Northeast Florida. We are collecting toys. We're going to be here another hour now, so it doesn't stop when we go off the air. One more hour of collecting toys. Uh, it's an incredible haul over there. And all these kids go, and I cannot emphasize this enough. We are at the Ale House at Hodges and Beach. Uh, I cannot emphasize this enough. So many of the children that benefit from these toys, this will be their Christmas experience. This will be the only toy they get. Uh, the ones that have little brothers or sisters, the only ones they get to give their brothers or sisters. This is a marvelous way to bring joy in this wonderful holiday season. If you get an opportunity, please stop by the Ale House between now and 7 o'clock. I don't know where we're going to put it because we've got so much stuff over there, but we'll find room. Uh, thanks for listening to this show every year. Uh, this is a very important show for us, and we appreciate you. Uh, you're very loyal, follow, very loyal folks here in Jacksonville. We appreciate it very much. We're out of here. For Hayes, for Lauren, for RJ, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.